If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst movies of all time. Horror movies. Keep forgetting that important word and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by co-host Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, Ben. And indeed, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone who was taking the time to listen to yet another episode of this old thing. What episode is it? 245 Oh, it's getting up there, isn't it? 245. Fast approaching episode 250. What are we going to do for episode 250? Um, Disco. A disco. Disco tech. I put a disco uh, on. Yeah. A nice disco. Maybe have a buffet. Get a big buffet involved. Oh, yeah. Little pineapples and cheese and little little hedgehog made out of that. Yeah, um, make, a, make a big, big old party of it. Um, Obviously, we did a live stream in episode 200. I don't know. Could we do something like that again? Could we do? There has there have been times where we talked about when we were living in closer closer proximity, doing a twenty four hour movie marathon, which I think I'd still definitely like to try and do it. Yeah, we should point. do that. We should do that. We should get together. I mean, the three of I mean, it would be madness to do it that weekend. The three of us are together in November for Thought Bubble, right? But yeah. we are going to have to work an entire day at a comic convention. No first so it'd be really difficult to be watching a film at the same time as that what a spectacle what are you but... doing there what are you doing there what are you watching down there i'm just watching a, a serbian film just got it on <laughs> yeah Don't i'm just watching uh, the howling too your sister's a werewolf slash streamer bitch oh yeah <laughs> but what, what should we do we watch like 24 hours worth of films we've seen before 24 hours worth of brand new films like this is gonna be this is a madness we should we should do that Mm. But yeah, we'll have to yeah. really, we'll have to really plan that out. <coughs> if anybody's got any ideas for something we could do for episode two hundred and fifty, that would be 
good. I'm just going to pop a Strepsil in my mouth because I've got the coughs, the sniffles, and just just genuine... You've got the re-poorlies this week. General poorlies. And I was thinking about pulling out. Don't, don't have a dirty mind. Pulling out of this week's podcast recording because I was feeling a bit under the weather. But you know what? For the last three or four days, I've done next to nothing. I've been horizontal doing nothing, feeling useless, feeling like I've got nothing going for me. I want to be productive in some way. And what better way to do it than talk about a film uh, that we both enjoyed? Yeah, I think what what better way to make you feel better in many ways, maybe the best medicine. If not, Strepsils will be the best medicine or the Asda variant thereof. Yeah, Asda, obviously other supermarkets are available, but the Asda or supermarket brand, dual action, blackcurrant flavor, throat lozenges, rolls off the tongue. Strepsils, if you like, other brands are available. Paying for the uh, name, but I've, I've gone all in. I've gone for Strepsils. I've gone for Lemsip, or as you prefer, what's it called? Black Sip. Black Sip. Yeah. Black Sip. Black Sip. I've got a Lucasade here as well. Poorly everybody flavor. Knows, everybody knows that poorly flavor. Everybody knows that that is the elixir of life when you're feeling under the weather. Mm-hmm. See, when I'm not ill, I don't buy into all this stuff. I think, ah, oh, it's all the same crap. You know, or we'd be a pub full of toxins by corporations and all that stuff. The second I'm unwell... Lucasade! Uh... Get me a bit of Lucasade because it's the only thing that's going to make me feel alright otherwise. Fuck you. Sorry. Why not make it? Why not make it? Um, speaking of uh, someone who has made it, um, he's not just been very quiet. We spoke. Luke's had to be away for the last couple of weeks but he's still very busy creatively so rather than go week to week... Um, He's gone on a little hiatus while he gets these big projects out the door. But like the end of a Marvel film, Luke Condor will return. Yeah, Luke Condor will, will return and he'll shout, we were on a break, if we replace him by anybody, with anybody. He'll be fuming about it. Trying to think, uh, of, trying to think of a title, Luke Condor Forever is what it'll be. Oh my God, that's Luke, fantastic. Luke Condor Forever is when Did he'll you return. you literally just come up with that? Or have you been thinking about that for a long, long and hard? Top of the dome, just now. Top of the dome, that's great stuff. Luke Condor forever. <laughs> Luke Condor forever. Yeah, he does that. And you, anyone could take on the mantle of Luke Condor. Uh, no, of course they can. Don't be silly. That will any original recipe and best. Any original Luke recipe, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll get some get some guests in over the next few weeks. If Luke Condor is your favourite host, co-host, um, really sorry. You may have to skip ahead a few weeks. Obviously, if you listen to this, the week it comes out, you can't skip ahead. You can't travel forwards in time. Until That's he's impossible. back. Um, you know what you could do, though? You, listener, if Luke Condor is your favourite, why don't you be Luke for this episode? Just chip yeah, in. We, are, we, won't, we won't be able to hear you, obviously. That's the limit of the technology we're working with. And right? we'll talk over you, which would be pretty much like a normal episode anyway. Yeah, the penalties <laughs> The penalties of Zoom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> where <laughs> those small micro micro moments where it takes yeah when you hear it back afterwards it's like oh, oh yeah. you sounds like me, i jumped in them real quick give me any sort of gap on zoom and i'm gonna fill it all right i can't i can't it feels I can't stand, on the side. <laughs> i can't stand the dead air literally just a word a word any old word to come into my head and i'll just go oh bloody hell jack of potatoes <laughs> have you ever had one of them with butter on lovely yeah so in high in in summary, if Luke Condor is your favourite, that's really good. I'm glad. Um, but you can pretend to be him for this week. Just just say what you think Luke would say to us. 
And we won't um, be able to we won't be able to react. No. But, but make sure you rate the, the film. Yeah, do rate the film. In, B minus if you could. Um, yeah. What's um what's in the news this week, man? What's been going on? <clears throat> so, um, return to Crystal Lake? Question mark. Uh, producer Roy Lee teases Friday the Thirteenth franchise news very soon. So it's been thirteen years since the last Friday the Thirteenth movie, the uh, the remake. Um, which is weird when you think about it, because I, I I said I watched that documentary Crystal Lake Memories, and it's weird when you think that the remake is iconic Jason in a hockey mask version of Friday the 13th when he didn't actually turn up in a hockey mask mask until part three. And it doesn't get and it didn't get a sequel. I remember quite liking it. I need to watch it watch it again. Ooh, I remember next to nothing about it. I remember not liking Nightmare on Elm Street and feeling all right about Friday the 13th remake, mm. if I remember correctly. Um so Roy Lee says he was talking to uh, bloody disgusting Boo Crew podcast so he's produced he's produced things like the ring poltergeist remakes uh Blair Witch and it obviously newest versions of both um and he's the producer of Barbarian the movie coming out in September also at Fright Fest he's indicated a return to Crystal Lake is imminent there will be news by year's end interesting oh interesting and is the next Friday the 13th movie the thirteenth one that Jason's in, if you count Freddy versus Jason, is oh, that right? Interesting. Could they do anything about that? I don't know. Maybe just who knows. I might be miscounting. It might be twelve. In which case, you've got some time to run up to it. But bloody loads. Yeah. Uh, and the next piece of news. Well, to try to snifle a sneak, snifle a sneak, stifle a sneeze. Can you talk about Friday the Thirteenth for a second, Andy? I can indeed talk about Friday the 13th for a second, all of a sudden feeling immense pressure as uh, as Ben's mentioned a particular topic I need to cover. Um, I think my favourite Friday the 13th, mocked by some, possibly, is either the third one where they do some really over-the-top over the 3D stuff, or perhaps even Jason X. One day, I hope we get to cover those on the, on the podcast. We've only done oh, number yeah. one so far, Original Recipe, and he's back. Jason X would be a great film to do. Um... Freddy vs. Jason. Last time I watched it, I wasn't that into it. But yeah. Uh, Surely we have to have the Liams on again if we're doing Freddy vs. Jason, I imagine. Yeah. Given their huge love for it. Good idea. <clears throat> okay. Uh, next up, I picked out this piece of news specifically for you, uh, okay. Andy. Paranormal Activity 8, the next movie reportedly eyeing a 2023 release. So obviously we had Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. When was that? That was last year, wasn't it? That was only last year. Uh, yeah, last year, I reckon. It's not like we've been waiting ages for a Paranormal Activity, but apparently, yeah, another instalment being eyed for a 2023 release. Um, and it's currently under the title Paranormal Activity The Other Side. Hello from the other side. What's his name? Tobes. Toby. Toby. I forget his name every time. It's a good thing he's not a friend of mine because I would forget his name. I'd definitely forget his birthday. Oh, that's what Facebook's for, though, nowadays, isn't it? Reminds that's you. true. That's the true. Main, po- the main reason to keep He posts Facebook. a lot of crap, though, Toby. He posts a lot of pro. Yeah, he's just, he's he's a wrong one. I reckon you'd be unfollowing Toby's posts pretty quickly. Un- unfriending or just unfollowing his posts? Un- unfollowing, I imagine. Yeah, I imagine like he's like, oh, he's like a friend of the family. So you can't unfollow him because your mom will probably family. text you about it. You unfriended, Toby? No. 
I don't even use Facebook. What's the matter? Must have been a, must have been an error. Oh, I must have accidentally been done. So yeah, you have to follow him, but you could. Sorry, you have to keep him as a friend, but unfollow him. My favorite it's, brand it's of social. This is completely off topic. My favorite brand of social media gossip is when like there's been a celebrity breakup and it's confirmed by somebody looking on Twitter or Instagram and realizing that the two people un- have unfollowed each other. I feel like that is petty. Uh, it happens with like football transfer rumors as well. They'll go, "Oh, this player's rumored to join, and he's just followed a, a, a possible teammate." Oh, that's it confirmed then. Done, dusted. Journalism is at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the same. You watch the news sometimes now. I put the put the TV news on, and genuinely, news articles are them talking about what's on what's on Twitter this week. And they sometimes will talk about things that are in in the horror world that have been announced on Twitter or what have you, but not a publicly funded organisation that's that's paid to broadcast the news. It's true. It is true. Apologies for the cough. I'm going to try and catch as many as I can with the mute. If listening to somebody talk on a podcast while they cough and splutter turns you off, then I apologise. Yeah. But, you know, also have some fair thought for Ben. The show must go on. He's here. Poorly, you want to be just me here. I'd say I'm in the what I hope is at least the final third of this illness because I feel considerably better than I did the last couple of days. But still, you don't realize how difficult it is until you have to like talk for two hours straight. Uh, Not straight. Yeah. You're going to do some talking as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll cover some little bits. Well, we'll 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 get us through, Ben. And also, at least you haven't got to be too mean that we haven't got to talk too much about being horrible about this film because we both liked it. Have you got anything else in the news before we go on to what we've been watching? Um, the only other thing I've got is there's a movie called Sick. It's the, we've got the first look at the new slasher movie from screenwriter Kevin Williamson, uh, who obviously wrote Scream. I know what he did last summer. He loves all that stuff. Um, the synopsis for Sick is, due to the pandemic, Parker and her best friend decide to quarantine at the family lake house alone. Or so they think. What could that be? possibly mean and it's called uh, sick so are we are we thinking about some sort of like cabin fever cabin fever scenario because the the sick isn't another person that's going to be there is it like it's not going to be that covid's there covid personified a man made of covid turns up apparently this film's 83 minutes long as well which is that's it in the in the old sweet spot apparently well, I don't know if that's a sweet spot. I think for me, I've got a sweet spot. 95 minutes. Yeah. 90 minutes. Sometimes I'm a bit like, hang on a minute, give me a little bit more. You sit 90... and watch the credits just to try and get those extra few minutes past. 95 minutes. I feel like perfectly, perfect. What's after 100 minutes? That Don't be silly. I'm only joking, of course. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, 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 as a man who recently watched seven hours of the Friday the 13th documentary, I can't. Runtime is no no barrier. Runtime is no barrier for me. Yeah, except uh, there's what are those like experimental films where they're like twenty four hours long and yeah, not that, not none that. of that. A lot of things to do. Uh, yeah, you know, so... a short runtime isn't the guarantee of a uh, of a good time either. Like I was saying about last week when I watched the original Crimes of the Future, that's less than an hour, but it's pedos wanking over each other's feet, which was which was a tough watch. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter if anything. The runtime for that, <laughs> for that, the lower the better, you know. 
could have could, 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 could been shorter for me, if I'm, if I'm honest, yeah. Yeah, you'll never get that time back. Uh, that's it in the news. Uh, have Is you there seen a little anything? tiny bit of news, a little trailer that I wasn't aware of. Okay, okay. It, Idris Elba's up to a few um, tricks. I was just watching... Um, yeah, we had a little bit of um, sort of benign dinner time TV on while we had our fit food just before we started recording today. Mm. There's a trailer for a new Idris Elba film called, is it called Beast, maybe? Yeah. I think, about, I, I, it's about I, him I, on safari and there's horrible lion. Yeah, I think we may have mentioned the trailer to that at some point previously, but yeah, I forgot about it until you, until you just brought it up again. Uh, Idris Elba versus a lion. Yeah. Animal like attack. Or- looks like a horrible lion as well. Yeah, he's got such a bad temper. Leave Idris alone. Leave Idris alone. Um, Here we go. Sure I found the synopsis here. It's out this month. It's out in a couple of weeks. A recently widowed man and his two teenage daughters travel to a game reserve in South Africa. Nice. However, uh-oh, their journey of healing soon turns into a fight for survival when a bloodthirsty lion start, starts to stalk them. And we've got... Um, I'll put it to you, Andy. Elba, Leah Jeffries, Ian Halley, and... Charlotte Copley, everyone's yeah, favorite. Yeah, I saw Charlotte Copley. He's like the, he's like, like a the safari game, man. The game, game safari man. I'm gonna predict whatever happens with this line, it's gonna bring the family closer together after a tragedy. Okay, I think I think it will. Is yeah. the spirit of their mom gonna be invoked in some way, or something she told them? You remember what mum used to say? She used to say, "Get the fuck out of where that lion." <laughs> yeah, mum always used to say was like. Lions are weak to being hit by a car or something like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they are. I've got some lion-based trivia for you later. Oh, Just, good. Uh, let's try to keep on brand. Keep a, um, keep a keep a pin in that. But yeah, I'll go and watch an animal attack movie. It might be bad at the cinema, but you know what? You know what? Yeah. I'll go, go and check that out. Very nice. Uh, have you seen anything of note this week? Um, not too much this week compared to last week's bonanza. I've started. Horror adjacent. I've started The Sandman on Netflix. Yes. I've done just the first episode so far. I'm trying to pace it out. Mm. Um, it's very good so far. Yeah, I've heard good things so far. I've not um, I've not started it yet. Yeah, I know that The Sandman is one of those books that people hold in extremely high regard. I will probably, <coughs> for too long, will surpass how far I read into Sandman. I've read the first few volumes, but I imagine it won't outlast the entire first series of the show um i'm looking forward to seeing more it seems very well cast it seems very well acted it's mm. got the feel that you get from the book certainly from watching the first episode i'm looking forward to um looking forward to seeing more of that nice um other than that and the film of the week i've been trying to get ready i mean this is going to be part of the course of most of this month because we have fright fest coming up a lot of my additional watching time is going to be down to yeah. watching the films that we are covering for Fright Fest. So I won't talk about any of them until we get to it. But I will, in the interest of a little bit of a build-up, talk about some of the films that I'm looking forward to seeing, either because we're lucky enough to see them in advance, thanks to all the marketing people that are being getting in touch, but those that I we don't see that I'll look forward to seeing when we get chance to based on the trailers to build up some fright fest type bet then we're all going to be on brand build the, up the hype for the fright fest the ones oh. i want to talk about first, I don't know what that was sorry uh i think the first one i'd like to talk about is the lair so neil marshall yes um you know of the descent fe- uh fame 
his new film, The Lair. And um, Dog Soldiers. And Dog Soldiers. Sorry. Terribly sorry. Not just miss Dog Soldiers. But for anyone who hasn't seen this yet, so this is going to premiere. Uh, this uh, this kicks off Fright Fest this year. Um, let me give you a cheeky bit of the synopsis here. Please do. Royal Air Force pilot Lieutenant Kate Sinclair is on her final flight mission when a jet is shot down over one of the most dangerous rebel strongholds in Afghanistan. She finds refuge in an abandoned underground bunker where deadly man-made creatures, half human, half alien, and hungry for human flesh are awakened. Sinclair barely escapes and unknowingly leads the creatures known as Ravagers back to a US Army base. Not Ravagers? It's, it's half what? Alien. Half aliens, yeah. So half, that... half human, half alien. Just makes them alien, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I don't know if you saw the last... Well, I don't think I saw the last um, <clears throat> Neil Marshall movie, The Reckoning. I don't think I've seen The Reckoning, no. No. But yeah, this is this obviously... This is closing the festival, right? The lair? I think this is opening, maybe? I'd have to okay. double check that, but it's it's on the main screen, certainly. I would have turned up right at the end. I would have turned up right at the end. I can't wait to see what's close to the festival. Oh, no, that opened the festivals, sir. So. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Um, You know what? This I, there's, I don't believe there's a trailer for this yet, at least not one that's publicly accessible. Um, But that, that synopsis alone and a few of the screenshots I've seen, it's got Neil Marshall written all over it. Um, if you're a fan of The Descent, if you're a fan of Dog Soldiers or Doomsday, <laughs> um, yeah, I think this one's going to be for you. You kind of know what you're expecting. That's the Rona Mitra uh, number, I believe. Uh, I'll tell you what, what one film I'm quite excited about, because I heard a lot about it before the festival. didn't realise it was being shown. Uh, it was a movie called Piggy, which is a Spanish-French thriller film directed by uh, Carlota Pereira based on a short film um but basically the synopsis is sarah is tormented by local girls in the village where she spends her summer holidays however her bullies are kidnapped by a stranger sarah faces a dilemma about what to do about it help or you're on your own yeah i've i've, I've started watching piggy um oh, okay so far so i think the the crux is that the um it's like an overweight teenager, isn't it? Who's yeah. almost given a sort of heroine slash um, final girl role, as far as I can tell, right? Yeah, I, bet, I guess better not say anything in case we're in case there's an embargo on it. But I've started watching it, and I'm looking forward to continuing to watch it. Nice. Um, yeah. But um, other than that, I'll mention one more for today that I'm looking forward to because I've delved into the the rest of the content. Um, I think I'm especially looking forward to this because kind of a comedic French movie was, I think, all of our picks of Fright Fest Glasgow. Uh, yeah. um, another one of the films that is on there, completely different team, but it is another French film. It's called Visitor from the Future. Um, it is based on a web series of the same name, um, just quite comedic um, sci-fi looks where there's an event that's about to happen and then a visitor from the future, at least in the opening season. Um, I believe it might get more story focused in the later ones, mm. but um, a time traveler comes back to try to prevent something from happening. Yeah, um, it looks a lot of fun. Again, I haven't seen a full trailer for this movie yet, but because there's a lot of content from this team, appears to be the same cast of actors and characters that are from the web series that are doing this film version. Um, there's a lot of content out there already that you can 
enjoy and watch so if you're looking for something to see if you're going to enjoy what this movie is likely to be about take a look um, i'll read you the the synopsis yes it sounds very good pull this up here synopsize me that's not a word is that a word no I don't know. Are you are you are you, uh, are you making up the synopsis off the top of the dome? Just as no, you did, I'm just pulling that it up. Perf- that perfect it up under a pun? No, not this time. I'll uh, go with um, I'll go with the creator's synopsis here. Okay. So here's what's gonna happen. Alice is a young woman opposed to the construction of a power plant, an idea her own father, who is a member of parliament, has pushed for. But a weird visitor from the future takes her to twenty five fifty five a future destroyed by the explosion of the same power plant. According oh. to the visitor, the premature death of her father would prevent this future from happening, but they'll have to be quick because the future police is hunting them down, so they don't so they don't alternate the timeline. Alice must achieve the impossible, save her world, and save her father. Save the world and save her father? Yeah. Jesus. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. It, it, it sounds... I think that synopsis makes it maybe sound like quite a, a heavy drama. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to oh, see okay. this. Lovely stuff. Very, very exciting. But yeah, um, I'm going to I'm going to try and do this for the rest of this month. Look at a few things that we're looking forward to seeing just from what's yeah, yeah, released. Good, and then we'll obviously at the end of the month, we'll talk about as many as that we get to see. I think we'll potentially, potentially, not 100% locked in yet, but we'll have a couple of interviews with um, filmmakers as well as bonus content. So keep an eye out for the rest of August. Um, and yeah, frightfest.co.uk if you want to look at the lineup and anything else. Yeah, so as far as I'm aware, if you are London-based, London-reachable, um, there probably are still a number of tickets for a number of showings. Get yourself in, support film festivals, support horror stuff in real life. Go see it. Oh, and yeah. if you do go and see something, send us some bloody pictures on the socials of you out there. Send some bloody pictures, will you? For God's sake, don't keep it to yourself. Share. Yeah, I mean, I can't go. I live Very really scary. far away. And he can't go. He's in, uh, where is he? Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something further than that. I was going <laughs> to I was gonna make up something further. He's on a bloody moon, he is. You look like you're on the moon right now. It's, it's all real great. far. Price of petrol these days. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I don't want to drive for however many hours it is. 28. Loads. Loads. Um. Yeah, um, oh, I guess I'll just mention a couple of things I've seen. So, turns out, especially, I know, I know I'm going on about it, all right? And I have mentioned I'm feeling a bit under the weather. But it turns out, one of my um, comfort watches seems to be horror movie documentaries at the moment. Um, go through different phases. Uh, I do love a documentary, though. I love a music documentary. I love, like, the making of movie documentary. So, the fact that they're about films and horror films as such as well really, really does... Uh, Appeal to me. So I watched Pennywise, the story of it, which is a new documentary, which is on streaming on Screenbox. Uh, this is about the miniseries it from the 90s with Tim Curry. Yeah, this was really good. This was great. Add sort of everybody involved, all the kids, all the kid actors, all the adult actors. Uh, Tim Curry. Was Tim <laughs> Reed in there from Sister Sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Reed from Sister Sister. That's his name, isn't it? There yeah, he is. Tim Reed, yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was great and a good. Sometimes these documentaries tend to just be like, "Here's a load of stuff from behind the scenes." Here's loads and loads and loads, but this kind of felt like it went into the real the DNA of the story. And Stephen King's 
um, reasoning behind so many different things and why they changed things for the miniseries and kept some some stuff as well. Uh, yeah, and loads of really interesting anecdotes as well. Um, yeah, I really recommend it. It's, it's, I think it's only on Screenbox at the moment. It's the only place you can watch it. Um, and then I also watched as a, as a little um, dessert to this one, so a documentary. Which, which I don't know if it's by the same team, actually, but it felt very similar. Um, unearthed and untold the path to pet cemetery so making uh the of the movie version of pet cemetery the 1989 version um again very very well made very interesting loads of stuff from behind the scenes loads of stuff from the director mary lambert as well who i think i don't think i've ever heard her speak about this film before and as far as i was aware she was quite elusive i, mean, I spoke to somebody who wrote a book based yes isn't on... our um yeah, he joined us on the show. The... He joined you on an episode. Um, sequel, um, sequel land, sequel land. That's correct. The there we go. Off the top of the dome. Um, off the top of the dome. Um, so Jay Slayton, Jocelyn, who joined us for the Pet Cemetery, but um, one and two double bill episode that we did uh, quite a while ago. Um, yeah, he said that Mary Lambert was quite elusive and didn't really want to speak so it was interesting to see her sort of take on everything again the things that they changed from from the book and Stephen King he was like apparently he's 20 minutes away from where Stephen King lived so he's always on set but not like in an imposing controlling way almost like uh just on his oh, way to the shops just on his way to the shops mate I'm just going down a local quick save does anybody want a four pack of kitchen roll and something else I don't know some of those potato puffs that you used to get from shops like quick save yum yummy Potato puffs, delicious. Um, yeah, so I prefer. I think I preferred Pennywise's story of it because I don't know. I just felt like it had a lot more going for it. Whereas this one felt like a more of a series of just anecdotes, but didn't always link to an overall narrative. Sometimes okay. documentaries can be a bit like that. Feels more like a retrospective rather than a, a sort of documentary with with a lot more going for it. But yeah, two. I, I think I don't know if I've had my feel yet of horror movie documentaries, what? but I feel like I've. I don't know what else out there is out there. I'm sure I'll there's tell loads. You what, ben, I know you love a documentary, and I know when it's not a horror movie one, you love one about a crime or a bit of a scandal. Yeah. We have been watching. I haven't seen it. Karen's finished it, I think, but I've, I've seen some of it. need to catch up and see the end. Um, it's a documentary right now called Wild Wild Country. Okay. Um, it is about... Um, I say cult because technically, yes, but maybe not necessarily to begin with. Um, that basically bought a, a big area of farmland in 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 the in, a, in the U.S. like a ranch, and they gathered lots of people who are experts in their field, like architects, designers, and they built an entire community, an entire town there. What about it? Was there a scarecrow? Um, probably because he's outstanding in his field. Oh, very good. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, so they build this whole and uh, they come into conflict with the local town um, this town that doesn't have very like literally less than 100 people live in this town and all of a sudden they feel very threatened by this cult that have more people living out in, out in as their neighbours about 10 miles away and how they respond to that and then how the cult then respond by legally trying to like buy the buy the unoccupied houses in the town so meaning they have voting rights to make sure they can't be voted to pull their community down. And it this escalation and the toxicity that grows between these two communities before some pretty terrible things happen. Um, 
really, really interesting for the mm. bits of it I've seen. Really interesting. So if you're still feeling a bit poorly and you need some documentaries to uh, help you get through it, yeah, get stuck into that one. Is that a Netflix thing? It's on Netflix, correct. It's like a Netflix thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, and then apart from that, I also watched a, a movie called 13 Lives, which came out just, just a week gone. It's got Colin Farrell, Viggo Mortensen in it, and it's a retelling of um, the story of the Thailand soccer team who got stuck in that cave when it flooded. Ah, uh, yes. Real life scenario, obviously. Um, and the absolute shit show. Well, I say shit, shit show is not fair. Um, what word am I thinking of? Where... Uh... Debacle, a deba- the unbelievable like scenario that that ensued. Like, oh, people got stuck in a cave. Ah, oh, get them out then, isn't it? But literally, like the worst possible scenario for someone to be involved in. So many people, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, rescuers involved to try and get these kids out. And obviously, like in terms of the human spirit, it's a really good story of you know survival, I guess, and determination. But yeah, I, re- I really, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, you know the outcome of of it, so it's kind of the tension, but it's still tense in places. And uh, yeah, there was a moment where Colin Farrell gets called an old man, and it made me feel quite old. Oof, rough. Yeah, oh, I, I might, I might have to watch that because an incredible story. It feels like an episode of Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah, it was directed by Ron Howard, and there is a documentary about it called The Rescue, which I never saw, but. I think that only came out last year, but maybe it's worth watching that as well as a as a little uh, a moose bouche. No, that's you, that's if you love you. a documentary and you do, get stuck in. I think I just like a documentary because it's a good, it's a different sort of view, view and experience, isn't it? I feel like with a movie like the movie we're covering today, it needs your full attention. Um, you need to be in a scenario that kind of replicates the cinema in a way, um, to experience it at the at the best possible like you can't so you can't stick it on in the daytime no you or you're doing other things you've got a documentary is perfect daytime watching as well documentary is perfect daytime watching you can I tell you what I, I had a period of doing this recently they're not all available on youtube but as we're talking about you know as we produce a horror podcast here i would argue sorry john carpenter master of horror there is one piece of music that outdoes even you for tension and scares and that is the music from 90s BBC documentary factual programming. Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. The scariest music of all. Scariest music. Uh, I had a period of watching um, on YouTube some of the old 999 reconstructions. Um, the, the music the music is terrifying and youtube is great for just discovering and just, and just reliving stuff. just again a nice background documentary watch about when someone gets into a terrible situation and then someone saves them um <laughs> yeah it's almost like um casualty you know when it when an episode of casualty starts and you're like what are they doing with that toaster what are they doing wiggling around without a fork in a toaster stop it yeah. Oh, don't clean your shotgun with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clean your if, shotgun with the. Don't look down the barrel of shotgun to see if you got all the dirt. Eh? Dust in there. Um, I'll tell you what's another good documentary In the Search of Darkness. There's two parts to it now as well. Oh, God. What's that about? 80s horror. Oh. Iconic 80s horror. Uh, that. I have to get on that as well. Check through those. Lots of documentaries. But you were mentioning, we almost had a lovely segue then before I spoiled it with 999. But. Speaking of a film that it would have been very good to watch at the cinema, you know what we both watched this week? What? 
We watched a new release on Disney Plus, at very least in this country. Um, star in Australia. Not sure what it's on in the US. I assume also Disney Plus. But we watched a film called Prey. We did watch a film called Prey. Uh, brand new, fresh off the conveyor belt. I say conveyor belt, but you know. Um, uh, this is what? Predator, the fifth Predator movie? Sixth Predator movie? Are we including Aliens vs. Predator? Alien oh, 1. Alien versus... 1? Predator, Predator one, Predator two, Predators, Predators, AVP one and two, the Predator, the Predator. This seven. This is number seven essentially. Um, but a movie which works well as a sort of standalone scenario. Yes, it's a prequel. Um, but yeah, let me just do the official, official wording of this. So, Prey is a 2022 American science fiction horror film directed by Dan Track. Trachtenberg, written by Patrick Ason, based on the Predator franchise, is a fifth installment in the franchise and a prequel to the first four films. Okay, so Alien vs. Predator is not 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 as that because why would you? Um, the origin story of the Predator in the world where the Com- Comanche is that how you say that word? Uh, Comanche, 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 Comanche. Yeah, nation. Okay. Three hundred years ago, Naru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators. To land on Earth, the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. I mean, it looks kind of different to the one from the 1980s, but it's only 300 years. Like, how in terms of evolution? I mean, evolution are the same, but I think their fashion has just changed. Okay, Fa- what, predator fashion kind of different. I, I, I was kind of thinking maybe there's like I can't remember. Obviously, you probably read some of the comic books. Are there different like races of of the what are they called? Your, your... <sighs> Oh, I'm gonna absolutely butcher it. Your tang. Let me find it before okay. I even... you give that a googs. Um, I will talk about comics briefly. Yeah, I've read some comics where there's slightly different ones. I think some comics have sort of female of the yeah. females of the predator species tend to be bigger than the males, but I don't think we've seen them in any films. But it's like Star Wars these days, isn't it? You're not sure what's canon and what counts and yeah. what doesn't. So I, much I think there's a lot of different types of them in predators, wouldn't there? Um, Yautja. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those words that you read a lot, but you never really have the need to say it out loud, like Hermione, like Hermione, yeah, uh, Ten, which I think is maybe like a different version of it, yeah, maybe, um, yeah, but this this version seemed like there was something a bit different because I know we're gonna get into this and I don't want to. Spoil anything at this point. We will be spoiling the movie, but oh, yeah, spoiler klaxon. We'll we'll do you a synopsis know, you know of this we, movie. 100. But you know what we needed, and I felt like this this franchise really needed a a, a predator who was a bastard. It needed that a predator who was a bastard. None of this. Oh, we both killed the same thing. Are we mates now? Yes. None of that. Not interested in that. Don't want that. Don't want Danny Glover being given an old gun. At the end of Predator 2. I mean, that's kind of cool. I guess but... the alien, the Predator in Predator 2 was a bastard. It was the elders that gave, gave yeah, yeah. the gun. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, so the Predator in Predator 2 is a bastard. The Predator in Predator 1 is a bastard. Um, But yeah, Alien versus Predator stuff. Obviously, it needs to make the Xenomorphs the villain, essentially. Because in all these versus films, one of them is essentially yeah, the Yeah, humans guy. have got to kind of win at the end. But yeah, Predators are kind of the not-as-bad baddie in that. Whoever wins, we lose, said anyone who'd ever seen Aliens vs. Predator as yeah. a film fan. Um, yeah, so this is 
this has been in the works for a while. We've mentioned it quite a lot on the on the show. Anytime there's been news, probably as far back as when this film was announced, we probably put talked about it on horror news. Um, and so far it seems to be getting a hell of a lot of positive reviews. Although I have seen a few, a handful of people saying, "Well, that was naff. I didn't get on with that at all. All that stuff." Um, entitled to our opinions, I guess. Is it has enough time passed to have many? What's the a critical consensus yet? Good question. Thanks for guiding me so well. Um, <laughs> so it's a seven point three on IMDb, a three point seven on Letterboxd, ninety two percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't want to know I said it like that. Rotten Tomatoes. It's Lucy and eighty one, and an yep, and an eighty one percent audience score. So it's pretty high. Uh, choice reviews from Letterboxd. Um, Adam A.B. says, Dan Trachtenberg has impressively resurrected the putrid corpse of the Predator franchise. Putrid. Uh, Tyler, uh, that's four stars. Adam A.B. gave it. Tyler, just Tyler, one name, like uh, Madonna. Madonna. Ronaldo. Nice. <laughs> Madonna. Three and a half stars. Um, I love the fact that it took the Predators almost 300 years to recover from this ass whooping. Again, spoiler, but still pretty funny. Um, and then Fran Hope Hopner, three and a half stars. Something so flirty about the predator growl. You do it in an Austin Powers baby. Baby. Oh, do I make you horny, baby? I'm invisible and everything. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and Matt Singer says, if it bleeds, we can prequel it. Three and a half stars. Now there were a couple of those little moments, weren't there, where it's like, that's the line from the thing. But it was like done in a way where A, it felt like quite organic and quite natural to the particular scenario. Didn't feel too forced. Like there's a moment in one of the Alien versus Predator films, isn't there, where someone just says, get to the chopper, but they say it like... And they're getting on, they're getting on little bikes, aren't they? They, they <laughs> say it like sentence case. They don't say it like, get to the chopper. They, they say, say it like... Get to the, the choppers, chopper, and then they get on those little bikes and they ride along. <laughs> Awful. Um, but yeah, so there were, what maybe like one or two moments where I was like that didn't take me out of it too much, um, and a couple of callbacks, you know, mud. That's you know things from perhaps the Predator franchise that you don't realize are so key to some of these characters and scenarios. Mud. I never thought about it so much, but as soon as mud was involved, I was like, oh, right, this mud, feels yeah. like this feels like a Predator movie now. Um, um, the thing is as well, I think just touch on callbacks a little bit now. I absolutely love a callback to to something, but there is such a fine line with doing them. The same as referencing things that you things that you love or things that your influences are. Resident Evil things can be a big culprit of doing it the wrong way. I've read stories that have done it. I've seen comics that have done it. I've seen films that have done it. You can reference a thing, but you. And it's nice to do it, and it can be a line, or it can be a visual, or an, an Easter egg, or things that, and they are a little delightful thing for, um, for people who know what's going on, and who who know the past of those movies. And then yeah. for me, it goes too far, and this is why I didn't get on with, despite it being very much something I should have enjoyed. I think I mentioned this on the show before, why I don't get on with things like Ready Player One because I found the yeah. the referencing too much like a sledgehammer, reading the book and it was like, 
much like playing Defender on my Atari 2600, where you control the ship by flying. I'm like, yeah, I fucking got it. I got it ages ago. Just say it's like playing Defender. <laughs> just say it's just like playing this game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because either people who do get it have already got it, and people who aren't going to get it don't fucking care. So just get on and do it. And I think get on with, with this bloody book, will you? I, you could criticize the, even the subtle nods you get here. Like, we get a if it bleeds, we can kill it um, bit of writing. Mm. which you could say is on the nose, but I think you also have to recognise that the original film that this is based on is, what, 35 years old? Yeah. So someone who will, you know, there's every possibility that someone sitting down to watch this movie now as an action movie, make sure you're sitting down before I say this to some people, but they may not have seen your beloved 35-year-old movie, if they have seen it, they probably don't know it to quote every word of it. So yeah. for some people, those are subtle subtle nods or just little bits of linked DNA that don't mm. that don't that will just wash over other people's backs like they didn't even happen. Yeah. And I mean the fact that it's on Disney Plus in the UK shows that like it's gonna have a massive audience and also, yeah, probably gonna get an audience from people who wouldn't necessarily think of predators like one of their favorite films or maybe even a film that they've seen so it's going to get a different sort of audience as well um but i think it achieves i think it achieves exactly what it set out to do there's when i when i read the, read the synopsis when i read everything about this movie when i watched the trailer i only watched one trailer there were dozens of uh tv oh, spots, spots and stuff after yeah. that but i didn't watch any of them but i think it does it does exactly what it set out to do okay which is create this sort of prequel environment uh, 300 years in the past, which I think is a great time to set it because they could have easily gone 10 years before the original Predator. This is what happened in the same rainforest, you know? Mm-hmm. No, it's kind of like the fact that we get this because in terms of a culture as well, um, it's got so much going for it. I, I think I read somewhere that in terms of Com- the Comanche language, it's the first like dubbed Comanche language in movies. I'm really sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. Um, in movie history, apparently, like yeah, I mean, of... what and what a great way to approach filmmaking because I, I will tell you, I I watched it in my intention was that I was going to press play and watch it in the language that it defaulted to. It defaulted to you get some Comanche at the beginning, and then it's then it does revert to English for people like you and I that don't speak Comanche. Like, I, if if the platform had played it in Comanche, I was quite happy to sit there and read subtitles. So I think it's a fabulous thing that they have done to put that care into the making of the film. Um, and things have also gone, I saw things have also gone full circle as well. I saw someone had commented on Prey that the actor who plays the lead role, so... Um, Amber Midthunder. Uh, Amber Midthunder, her father is the voice of Nightwolf in the new Mortal Kombat um, games um, and has fought the Predator when he was a guest character in Mortal Kombat 10. Oh my god, that's cool. That's very uh, cool. Uh, Amber Midfunder, apparently she's a member of the Fort Peck Sioux tribe um, which is a sort of how do you just, how do you describe it? It's the Fort Peck India, Indian Reservation. It's, it's like a yeah, it's a First Nations. Yeah. So the fact is, the fact is, yeah. look, they've not whitewashed this 
scenario. They've not gone, hey, let's get Scarlett Johansson in uh, and play the mid, uh, play the main role of this Comanche um, warrior woman. They've just gone. They've literally gone and found somebody who, who fits the bill in terms of both culturally and 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 she's very very capable. I've I was I was reading something today, which was basically saying, listen, let's get Wolverine in the MCU, let's get Amber Midfunder playing playing her, him yeah. her, um, and I'm just like, look, if they're gonna do that or they're gonna do X twenty three or anything like that. What we've got, what we've got here, I think, is a very able and believable. Like again, the same old conversation came up again, which was going a female character going up against a killing machine, and essentially not easily winning, but you know, getting getting the best of him eventually. But the same old conversation seems to come up, and I'm like, hang on a minute. Well, you lived in a world where Ripley exists. Sarah Connor exists. Yeah. Laura Croft is, exists. These things have been done over and over and over and over again in so many different ways, in in so many different prequels, sequels. It's just like, come on, we come on, we know now. And it what, seems what? it seems arbitrary that the, the ones that people object to versus don't. That's true, and it seems like yeah, people people of color who are portrayed in uh, in a way like this people uh, again it is a minority of people who do have a problem but when a film like this comes out which is so well made um and so satisfying i guess and as i mentioned at the top of that uh, just just now as i mentioned does exactly what it's out to do for there still to be these conversations being had um it is it is kind of frustrating but hopefully that just adds to the star power of Amber Midfunder going forwards um, and everybody involved as well, because what I quite liked as well was that the rest of the Comanche warriors and the Comanche people weren't treated as just like fodder for this predator to just off um, in the times where they do face off with the predator. They give as good as they get. They're really, yeah. really capable. Um, yeah. There's some fantastic action scenes in this. Yeah, in this movie, some really interesting stuff to to go through, but yeah, I think fundamentally, what what I wanted out of this movie was an 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 interesting take on this. I wanted good, credible action. I wanted characters that I liked and wanted to spend time with, and actually cared whether they survived or not. And for me, the only other bit of casting we haven't mentioned is the perfect way to get investment from me. Probably the second lead of the film is a dog. Yeah, a dog. And, and does the dog even have a name? An excellent dog actor. Um, is, the dog, is the dog credited in? An excellent dog actor, and of course, just um, just adds so much dynamic to to each scene and and the characters and everything like that. And such a capable duo these two are. Like the fact that they in terms of problem solving like um some of the just some mind-blowingly inventive stuff um on show here in terms of in terms of not just action set pieces um but i guess just like in terms of the script and the story and everything like that and in terms of animal acting as well yeah i'm just going to give you the so the dog's real name is coco and her name is sari look like a coco yeah yeah uh not scared of bears it was scared of bears i was scared of that bear that was the other that was the other bit of critique I saw some people say, oh, CGI on some of the animals was a bit was a bit ropey. 
um, my take on that is so the CGI animals there would have been certainly a snake, certainly a lion, and certainly a bear. Oh my! Um, yeah. It's real cruel to use those animals in actual films. Like I don't care if I can tell it's CGI; it's probably better to use them than it's probably better than like the Jungle Book CGI. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's really good. I think it's really good CGI, and I think the days where it being okay, aka Friday the Thirteenth Part One, where that poor snake got its head chopped off, yeah. are probably long behind us. And, to be fair, you know, like, sorry, sorry, Andy, but I think a lot of the scenes where there were animals, they were lit in such a way, um, you know, by moonlight or just like it was really sh- in darkness. It was difficult. The only real like daylight CGI animal was the bear, and. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's fine, and it it didn't it didn't it didn't take me out of it. it. I mean, I didn't think that's a real bear, but I didn't think that's ridiculous CGI. It's terrible. Yeah, it, well, Winnie the Pooh was it? Like you could tell if Winnie the Pooh was coming at you, ready to kill you, with no trousers on, just a little red T-shirt, and the fact that uh, he's in public, he's in the public domain now, so you can write any story you want with Winnie the Pooh, but not not the cartoon t-shirt. version, not the cartoon the version. Book, no. He has to look like the book version. Sadly, that's. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so in terms of cast, Amber Midfunder, as you mentioned, is Nauru, a young Comanche warrior who protects her tribe against a predator. Protects her tribe, some of her tribe, are downright rude and disrespectful to her, even though she sh- proves time and time again that she's shit hot. Uh, Dakota Beavers, fantastic name, as Tabe, Nauru's brother and a skilled hunter, felt like I recognised. He's great. He's really good yeah. in this as well. Ah, uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah, a bit of an underwhelming end, possibly. I don't know. Right, we'll get into it. Um, oh, Dane Deliegro is being credited as the predator. Um, basketball player, obviously, yeah, absolutely big, big tallman, big tallman. Um, very different looking predator, I think. So, t- a lot taller and leaner than usual. It felt, um, and face wise, I don't know. Felt a lot more. Was there a lot more alien insect felt a lot more insect like than usually he's very monster. That's a bloody horrible monster, that is. But something about this one, a bit more insect like, and there was the head shape, the eye spacing felt something felt different. I'm okay with that though, because oh, yeah, yeah, people like because, like, you know, for example, xenomorphs they kind of look all the same. Unless they're speak, but... they look like uh, latex. Yeah, but La- latex, sexy latex aliens. But predators are meant to be from a species with a society and you know yeah. different tastes and so on as well. So actually, the items they have and how they look physically, I mean, I would say I would at least hope so that I look very little facially like. Um, Sophie Ellis Baxter. <laughs> You'd be able to tell us well apart. Murder on the dance floor. Yeah, exactly. Well, you've you probably got similar, similar level of singing skills to her. That's not no disrespect to her or bigging you up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't promise to have several top selling UK singles. One of them I had to dance to uh, uh, an old like retail job at the forced. start of every that, shift. Forced yeah. to dance to. Very demeaning. Um, but um, you know, don't hold it against Sophia Specs. I'm pretty sure she wasn't signing off on that. Um, but what I'm saying is that my face is very different from hers, or indeed Ethan Hawke's. Yeah. I wasn't saying anyone else's. I wasn't saying I hated it. The only thing that maybe, because obviously it's CG, obviously it's CGI the face and Predator from the original 
was um, practical. I'm not talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme when he was in the original Predator guys. Which just round off kicks. Which looked very silly. Um, obviously, it was practical. And I don't know. It didn't completely take me out of it, but I don't know. I'm still imagining in my head, I wonder what a different version would look like with practical effects. Considering practical effects 30 years later are going to be completely different to what they were in the 80s. I would have I would have been interested to see. I'm sure some shots of it are practical. I'm just talking about these sort of shots, whereas like the Michael Bay um, spinning, low spin shot where the predators are going. Yeah, when he's, having a, when he's having a shout. Oh, I'm bloody fuming. I like the fact that he kind of kept the mask on and pretty much wanted to keep the mask on all the time. You know, got knocked off. Oh, the mask's gone now. No, he wants it back on. I quite like that. You wouldn't and... do that, though, if you had a mask. Because I think that's the maybe the failing of the other ones, like in the other Predator movies. Oh, well, that's gone. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's bust. That's bust, yeah. That's screwed. Um, But yeah, def- very like inventive. Um, And yeah, but basically, in terms of the ca- other, rest of the cast, it looks like they're all genuinely... Um, from the, the correct culture to portray Comanche warriors in this movie, which is, which is good, you know, because they could have taken it a completely different way, and I'm sure there would have been some form of upset and outrage. But you know, they've, I think they've done the right thing, and it feels like a film that understands the kind of film it's trying to be. Yeah. Rather, I think than... it understands its it understands its setting and its period in time and. Quite often watching this movie, you know, this is, it's been a while since I've thought about this. Watching this on a streaming service, I put it on the biggest TV in the house. I put my phone aside on purpose and really tried to focus and watch it properly because I've been looking forward to it. Um, And I did find myself going, oh, this is one that I'd like to have seen at the cinema yeah especially versus some of the ones that we have seen at the cinema recently where i've come away and even if i've enjoyed them gonna either watch that at home yeah <laughs> i know what you mean this felt like it was made for the big screen and in a way it reminded me of like the revenant so the revenant i saw on the big screen and i sat in the front row and the cinema was absolutely rammed but i remember in terms of the experience of watching it with people where everyone was so tense. The bear attack scene was like uh, everyone, it was, it was, it was a really cinematic and it was perfect for, for the big screen. And I just felt like there were several moments like that in this film where I was like, I know I'm at home and you know, TV's all right in terms of size, but I'm still kind of missing the sort of sound system and the, Mm. The real, it been, it and you know, good film. put your phone to the side, but there's still that temptation occasionally when you see an actor you think you recognize and you think maybe I'll just bring up INDB for a second just to have a look, just to confirm who that person is. But then I'll go back to enjoying this film. Yeah. It does take you out of it. And that's, you know, that's my own fault. It's, 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 it would have been a good one to see at the cinema. Um, I, I would hope that I saw someone tweet about this the other day in a world where Morbius got two runs at the cinema at being on the cinema. We might get at least one run of this. If this gets a cinema run, I will go and see it again at a cinema. Yeah. So I think I think as I mentioned, I watched it quite late, and then I just went. Even even though my first watch, I was completely into it and really enjoyed it. I did go and watch the final like forty five minutes again, just because I wanted to really take in those action scenes and and work out you know the the sort of nitty gritty the little 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 small details of things and i did notice a couple of extra bits which are cool um so in terms of plot it starts in 1719 in the great plains 
Um, and we're introduced to a few characters. So Naru, a young Comanche warrior, trained trained as a healer. She loves medicine, right? She's got all these little plants and stuff that she likes making little medicines of. Green herb and red herb combo mm-hmm. for before her time. In terms of in terms of healing. Um, but even though she's a healer, I think she does she dreams really of becoming a great hunter like her brother, um, Tai I'm gonna say Taibe. Um and yeah, and her and her dog, they're best buds, they're loving life, they're going about. Seems like what what a time to be alive. I mean, I know you get up in the morning. I I, I this is I thought of this as this movie went on. First I looked at the She gets booted the, awake every morning, doesn't she? The, the pan yeah, someone boots her awake every morning. And again, it's like um um, the burning, the week. I think anyone sleeps that soundly when you're outside. <laughs> you... wow. Constantly on edge. Up with the What's birds. Eat me? Um, but like, she gets kicked awake in the morning and goes out to do, you know, the 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 work of the day. <clears throat> I had a little pause as I was watching. One, just the panoramics of this movie, just the settings. I want the great things yeah. that like. It falls, and obviously they filmed this in a real. They must have filmed this in a real place. But I just paused and thought. Bloody hell, America was lovely, wasn't it? Like before we spoiled it by putting stuff all over it. It wasn't it nice. There was loads of good. There was what like an amazing unspoiled bit of country. And then look at those people living in a cost of living crisis right now. And I think these guys are just out there. They're just doing their bit every day. You go and dig up some sweet potatoes that she was doing. Then you go and do some hunting. Potatoes. It's lovely if you don't know any different. They ain't stressed about that stuff. No. I'd be shit at it. I'm crap at camping, but they like, got other things to be stressed about, though, including yeah. they got Bailey. yeah they got to worry about if they are, you know, if they've got their food all all dug up, what she's doing, or if you're good enough at wazzing that axe and she goes to have a little bit of a practice after she's done her jobs. Absolutely, quality at wazzing axe. What I kind of like in this as well is that even though you've got the predator as the the main threat. There, there's a lot of discussion about other threats, like other animals, but also um, other humans as well, sort of yeah. moving into their area. It's a proper um, like food chain movie. Like I think the the balance of who is prey and who is predator switches so many times, and, and you see that prey predator dynamic played out a dozen times in a dozen different ways in this film. The predator in this is basically um, David Attenborough. Going about, looking at all the different animals, ripping their heads off. Not that David Attenborough does that, but just uh, just working out how, how the world works. What what are the yeah. predators? What's the predator? What's the prey? What are these animals about? What makes them tick? He's probably just doing. He's probably reporting back up to his big predator spaceship. Like, now you see here as I walk into the jungle, and I tear this fucking snake's head off tonight. And it like yeah, but um, don't do that. Too oh, late. No, you've ruined it. You're not. Obviously, this is before David Attenborough in in the history of the, the Earth would be born and teach um, documentary filmmakers about not tearing the heads off. 1719. He was born not long after that. Oh, he's pretty uh, old. He is pretty old, yeah. But yeah, so that, that's obviously good. But also, um, what else are you going to say there? I've kind of lost the, Oh, yeah. The other, other thing is another good thing. That I kind of wanted from a Predator movie was the Predator to be invisible most of the time, mm-hmm. pretty much at all time. If you've got the Predator stealth camouflage available to you, please use it. 
if it was wasteful to not use it on an alien planet, you don't know what's knocking about a bear, a snake, a, a Comanche warrior woman who's going to kill you. Um, and as I mentioned before as well, a predator who is a bastard. So I don't know. Obviously, a predator has got like a code, a, like a code of ethics um, in terms of doesn't just go around mindlessly killing things. It only kills things that he perceives as a threat. It doesn't like it likes hunting and tracking, but it doesn't like just murdering unnecessarily people who are, I guess, innocent in a way. I don't know. Who aren't a threat, or it's not. Yeah, it's or it's not um, sporting. I guess. To, yeah, I like that. Get them. But let me put this to you: Imagine a predator, a rogue predator, gone ape shit. He's gone down onto planet Earth, and even though the elders have told him, "Listen, there's our code of ethics," he's gone, shut up, and he's gone round mugging people off left, right, and center, murdering people. Just imagine it. Terrifying. But then would he get loads of other predators come and like arrest him, put him to pre- put him into predator jail? Yeah, possibly. Um, if you want to play that game, offers a tangent, but this is a proper like Dark Horse Comics presents moment. But you know, I you know, I'd go and see. Um, I'd go and see Vincent Diesel in Riddick versus Predator. Oh, okay. imagine them hunting him. One of the, yeah, what a time. Is there a comic of that or not? No, there should oh, be. Oh, for you there was. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's, a, it's a good predator who provides a good threat. Um, and, you know, pretty scary. That's what the way he's supposed to be as well. It just struck me that this is maybe this technology isn't invented until the 1987 original. He does a lot of the predator tricks. We're going to see a lot of the predator tools of the trade that they have. A couple oh, of new ones. He loves it. A couple of them have been retired. Um, since then, yeah. but he doesn't use doesn't use a voice recorder. No, got no time for that. Uh, he he's still got a... ruh, 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 ruh. oh yeah, he's still got funny countdown bomb. Yeah, he's got like a he's got like a shield this time, like a sort of metal shield. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a metal shield. He's got a little his cannon seems to have come along. It's not just like a big blue orb, like it. Like it is in the modern films, it's um kind of like physical bullets, like little spikes. Yeah, like a little um bolt bolt gun, something yeah. like that. And they they fire like homing spikes. Um, yeah. that's pretty good. We'll we'll cover all these gadgets as they come up. I I should also say I've on this occasion I try to replicate the cinema new film experience by not taking notes like I would for a film I watch at home normally. So. Perhaps ah. not going to hit the kind of detail that we hit on a normal episode, but we'll go through it. So, yeah, um, Nero is practicing throwing her axe because she's building up to she wants to go on a hunt and prove herself as a hunter. We then see her with uh, oh no, sorry, she sees a deer, and her and a dog are a good team. That they can partner. Um, the dog is good at driving the deer onwards, so she can try and line up a shot at it. But then. Yeah. The- the dog gets caught in a trap that's been placed. Thankfully, it's fine. It's just it's the dog's tail. Is he caught in a trap? Yeah, can't he get can't out. Walk out. But um, it's not because he loves her too much. It's because <laughs> of the trap. Um, he's been the dog's been snipped in a trap by the tail. So thankfully, not too yes. injured. She um gets the dog out. Um, heals the wounds with some of her medicinal herbs. Yep, Resident Evil herbs. 
Yeah, put some put some green herb on it, and the dog is better after it falls into one of Chekhov's traps. Do you remember what makes the deer alert to their presence as well? Well, no. What what is it? I don't remember. It's like a it's like a sort of a rumbling of thunder, but I think it's the predator space spacecraft. Like that's right, appearing she, in the sky because she sees on a lovely vista, like kind of the, I guess the predator ship entering the atmosphere. Yeah. Doesn't she say it's like the Thunderbird as well, which is not the Thunderbird from Thunderbirds or Girl. Like a legendary North American. Like a American legendary indigenous... North American bird, yeah. Yeah. So she says um, it's pretty much that. Yeah. So she tells her brother about this and he gives her a bit of jip, but actually of all the characters that we see, he is not as dismissive of, of his sister's desire to start hunting and prove herself as a hunter as he tells her it's difficult. He says it's not not mission difficult. He um he uh-huh. goes through and um, but he doesn't dismiss her and try and discourage her from doing it. He says you want to be sure that you're ready. Um, they seem to have a good relationship. He starts telling a story about how about how when a story from one of his hunting days, and she's just um to pretend being asleep. Um, but he mm-hmm. proves he is really good because in all this time she was lining up her shot to shoot a bird out of the air. He kind of just like wazzes an arrow off and gets it. And again, a like, circle back. Oh, that's miles in the air, that wasn't you got it. Amazing. Cheating, isn't it? Uh yeah, she does give him some jip and say, Yeah, I was waiting for it to come back. Now you've got to go and swim and get it. Yeah. So then there's like a, a part of this was a bit I was a bit unsure about this because we understood that there's a cougar attacks one of the tribe's hunters. And then they all go off to kind of like try and find the person. Yeah, he's and missing the in the woods. It's but like, I feel like um, you don't really see this sort of come to pass. It's almost like it's just, oh, this happened. Now we're going to go and do it. It's almost like needed a moment to sort of establish that. Yeah, I guess it kind of, it kind of, it's like the moment where like it's an interruption because there's a quiet moment where Nara is with, I assume it's her mom. Right or not, just like an elder that is uh, the, uh, the healer. Yeah. Um, she is um teaching her about medicinal herbs and says, "Oh, you need to get some more of this particular herb," and she's out gathering it. When the blue ones for poison. Yeah, blue ones for poison. Green is um, for healing, and then the red, or in this case, the orange. Well, you know, red is for making anything else more potent, and orange is for making your blood all chilly. Remember that; that'll be important. Yeah, yeah, blood chilly, blood chilly herb is really good, um, yeah. especially coming up against a villain who who hunts. Who sees heat, sees heat, mate. Yeah. So um, she's gathering up some of that, and then they just kind of it's like an episode of Fireman Sam. The alarm bell has rung, and there's been an emergency. Awesome. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Price is, Norman Price has got his head stuck between some railings. There's no Welsh accent. Um, <laughs> Norman Price. How are you going to get Price. out of Norman Price, you idiot? Absolute piece of shit, Norman Price. The biggest villain of all. Is that a little um, kid? Yeah. He's a very naughty boy. Um, he has got... Um, so someone has been... Someone has not come back from the hunt effectively. Someone is out missing. So they're going out to, to search because they think this... You know, they think another predator is around. Again, the society is very different. You have to worry about what animals are about. So they go along. Um, there is brother, like some of the other hunters, like, oh, you have no place here. You don't need to come. You're not a good hunter. Um, Nerys brother speaks up on her behalf and says, um, actually, yes, because she's a really good tracker and yeah. she also knows medicine. And if the person is injured, we'll need her to give him that's all right there's a really good shot i can't remember if it's here or maybe when she goes back out again a little bit later there's a really good shot um from above where she's walking out to the hunt essentially and as she's passing she's passing all the women of the tribe were all walking in a completely opposite direction for her and i thought that was a really good representation of like her role mm. in the tribe the fact that she's going against the grain like so i think someone said something to her like uh oh you can't come you can't come on this hunt because oh what just in case we need a bit of dinner yes i think that's that that's what happens now um but later it's when she does the walking against the yeah it was just a really good it was just a really good visual sort of representation like a really good piece of visual storytelling without needing to expressively say this is what this character is doing or this is what this character is thinking i thought it was really good and i appreciate that yeah yeah it was good it's nice visual ways of giving those messages, but for now they're out. They're out looking. They're doing some tracking, and they pretty quickly they find the injured. They find the injured, like um, hunter, mm. and he's been got by a lion, um, the cougar, and she gives him some. She gives him some medicine, and again. This film was putting me in constant awe of people who have outdoor skills. Because straight away, as soon as they find it, the other, the rest of the party just go to it, right, we'll make a stretcher, shall we? Just out of stuff yeah. in the jungle. That's pretty mad. Although in the burning, they did they did pretty well. They made yeah. like a, what did they make? They made something. Did they make a stretcher? Yeah, they, oh, they, made, a, they made rafts. Oh, yeah, they made uh, a good old raft. I'll tell you what, those kids had all afternoon to build those rafts. These, um, yeah, they did it. These huntsmen, they just have... 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Of... Got to get them out of there. 
Yeah, and that's and then she uh so Naru she gives him the medicine, slows slows I guess it like slows your heart rate down, doesn't it? Makes your blood cool in some way. Yeah. So it um, cools I'm... cools your blood and then as they're as they're walking him back, um she they basically go, Oh, he's oh he wants he wants his bloody covers on. He's really he's really chilling. <laughs> oh put us the covers on. Put us and the covers go... on, I'm absolutely frizzing. And then someone goes to put the covers on. She says, uh, no, don't put the covers on him. And he goes, oh, what, what are you? Know? So, well, do you want him to be comfortable or do you want him to be dead? Uh, no, sorry, that would be both. Do you want him to be comfortable or do you want him to be alive? He says, yeah. oh, alive, please. Says, oh, well, alive, leave the yeah. covers off then. There's a, but there's a lot of this sort of like, um, in terms of the masculinity of this tribe, um, it's still represented in a way where, obviously, gender roles, but obviously traditionalism as well still guides a lot, even like, you know, 300 years ago is still very key to the way the hierarchy of this tribe works. So the fact that there's this woman who they obviously a lot, a lot of times see her as not a hunter and just someone who, you know, is a homemaker or something like that, or somebody stays back at the camp and just prepares meals or looks after the huntsman in that way. They don't even believe like anything she's got to say, even though she's like, Right, I'm good with medicine, and I could do this and this and this. And they go like, nah. Even even when she says, "I've seen this," they just go, "Your head's full of fairy tales." Yeah, mad, isn't it? Which is annoying. Oh yeah, yeah. But they um, she's really good in this at like standing her ground, like with that example with the covers. And I think earlier on, yeah. We've kind of seen um, a little bit of a circle of life demonstration here, in which we see love a little bunny rabbit. Yep. And then what gets the but is it does it just go bunny rabbit snake predator or is it there is a third thing and that makes it? Oh, I think I, I mean I think it's just that those three yeah it's like the old lady that swallowed a fly. Yeah. All right. Bunny rabbit got eaten by a snake. Snake got killed by the predator, and then. No. Or maybe there's like a little bug. I don't know what it is, but like there's basically something. There's the definitely bunny... a bit where there's like a bug that lands on the predators. Yeah, the little ant. That's it. It's the little ant. The little ant crawls over the predator, and it's invisible, but it you know it just crawls over his um, it crawls over his foot, and then um, effectively the snake does notice the predator and goes to take a little. It rattles its rattle at him, um, but he grabs it. That's enough of a threat for the predators to go, right, you're a, you're a valid target. Grab the... It's not the bunny rabbit yet, I realise now, because the bunny rabbit's later. So it's bug, rat. Rat gets yeah. got by the snake. The snake bites the predator. Predator snaps the snake's head off. Yeah. The predator snaps the snake's head off, skins it. Yeah. Yeah, and then not long after that is when... when they obviously they're passing they, through. They come across it. And, come across um, it, yeah. Nara being a good tracker finds the bits of snake um, and also sees the footprints, which the closest thing they can equate it to that is a creature they know because they ain't seen predators before. I haven't got no. their footprints in there, like little book of footprints. No. So they say, oh, Bigfoot. Could be a bear. Could be a bear. Why is it still on his hind legs? She says, that would be madness. Yeah, bears than do that. Bears don't do that. This is really uh, maybe it's a Sasquatch. Yeah. Ain't got no Sasquatches in their books either. So her brother is separated away to go and hunt for this lion that's attacked the other the other member of the tribe. Mm. So 
she points out, right, I've got to go and I've, we've got to warn about this. So her and one of the others go to find the brother while the others bring the the injured party home. Yeah. And then we get, uh, then he, they find the brother pretty quickly and then they're going to join them for a hunt for this lion. And he gives us some advice about how when you're faced with a lion, you've got to, you have to really stand your ground with it and you've got to make your move. You've got to stand there. As far as you go. No further. Yeah. No further. This is as far as you go, yeah, you mug. Yeah, and I guess this is not necessarily about hunting the lion for food. And this is what this is how you prove yourself as a hunter. They mentioned in this other conversation that you have to be prepared to hunt something which is also going to hunt you. So if she finds hunting this lion as a um you know, this could be her test to prove herself as the hunter. Hmm. Right? Um yeah. and the brother goes off one way to investigate. Um, Naru and the other character stay behind, and Buddy Lion gets the drop on him, really. Yeah, don't ever take a lion for granted because he'll get the drop on you, sneak right up. Uh, yeah, he pretty much, the, the lion takes away the other slurps guy. Slurps one guy out the tree. Slurps one guy out the tree. He, I think it's Parquet. Slurps him out the tree. Um, he was talking shite anyway, so he kind of kind of deserves it. Slopes around the tree and kills it. Um, and then Naru gets like a, she's up in the tree. It's pretty scary stuff, you know. But um, she falls out the tree, tumbles out, right? Masters her crust. But then I was kind of a bit like, wait a minute, what happened? So she kind of gets distracted. It's not like she just falls. There's like a burst of light. There's like an explosion somewhere in the in the in on the horizon. She kind of sees it for a second, and that is when the tiger, sorry cougar jumps and like attacks her knocks her back and she smashes her crust why did it not kill her is it because take tabe sorry um this, he came this, and intervened has come back and intervened i'm not sure because he comes back properly later it could be that the blasters distracted the the cougar yeah. as well it could be that she happened to fall out of the tree is it to do with predators not hunting something that's like disabled yeah. it wasn't hungry at the time um who knows yeah, who knows? But, um, she, wait, she basically wakes up back at camp, doesn't she? Tell wakes her up. Her brother, her brother has carried, carried her, back. her back. And then he comes back himself. What's he got on him? But he... Lion souvenirs. Yeah. Carried a lion. So not only did he carry her back and then go back out, then he carried the lion back. Must be absolutely knackered. He's going to need a full body sports massage. Yeah, you'll at least need tomorrow off. And everyone is obviously celebrating he has killed this lion that's i imagine been it's a danger to their people out in the woods it's yeah. um competition with them for for prey and animals to hunt so you know they it's a, it's a big victory for them and um there's a big celebration that night but Nari's kind of pissed off yeah and he becomes war chief um taibe as well so like uh to be fair, it's a classic case of trying to open a jar for somebody and then when they come along and open the jar, you go, oh, I loosened it for you. Yeah, I, I broke the seal on that. You just I broke the seal on that. Off, you just, yeah. you just, and you get all the glory opening that jar of pick a lily? <laughs> yeah, getting that red onion chutney open. That red onion chutney. So basically, hey, I think that's real what... life, Real life horror, Ben. I was trying to open a jar the other day. It took about 20 minutes. Livid by the end. Wow. Is it worth it? Oh, it was a it was a delicious um raspberry and red currant jam. It was Ooh. lovely. Lovely when I got into it. 
Um, but didn't have, my, didn't have met my end saw. I was didn't give doing, up. I was reading what, all the tricks. I was like, run it what the noise tap. did you when it opened? What what was your what was what noise did you make? Die, yes, come on. Oh, no, just like a like oh, a nineteen like a nineteen nineties instructional karate video, like when I got it open. Yeah. Amazing. Uh yeah, so essentially Naru like weak I guess weakened the the cougar. Uh, and he comes along and kills it. But to be fair, um, Tabe is not the kind of person who's like, um, he's quite modest about it. He says, I think he's aware that she helped. I think he gives her credit, if not now, then certainly later, yeah. where he said, like, you're smarter than me. This is later, I think. He says, you're smarter than me. You see things that I don't. We got that line because of you. You were clever. Yeah. Um, uh, she's got no reason to really be angry, but she's... I think she still knows that there's some sort of different threat out there. Yeah, because um, she explains that the reason she got out of the tree wasn't because she lost her nerve. It was because yeah. something happened. Yeah, and I think everyone's a bit sort of unsure. Oh, when... right Oh, Oh, yeah, what's that? Oh, you got distracted. Oh, there's a light in the in the distance, was there? Right, okay. Um, yeah, everyone's a bit sort of cynical about these things. Um, but no, she... And I think this is the shot which I mentioned where she leaves the camp. All the women are sort of walking the opposite direction, but they're all kind of looking at her as well as if to say, what are you doing? Come and help us with the chores. Um, nah, I'm not, mate. I'm off, I'm off. I'm off out. I'm off with my yes. dog. And the first um, day, she has a lovely day. She catches a ton of bunny rabbits. Um, She catches a load of bunny rabbits. She also has... Is this when Aston. she up, upgrades her axe as well? Yeah, she puts more points into her axe and basically makes herself scorpion, I guess. Yeah, very impressive. I like this. Um, don't know how legit it is, like how easy it is to do that. I mean, the throwing bit's fine, but it's like they're yanking it back out and not, I don't know. She it is dead good with that tomahawk. I would have had my fingers off practicing it. It'd be like get, making your own nunchucks all over again. You bash mm. yourself with them. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so yeah, she does all that. There's a nice. That's like a Rocky training montage to show. Look, she's a, she's the real deal. Um, and is now when she comes across, there's like a herd of like skinned bison. Yeah, we get a couple of bits here. Does she do the mud bit here as well? I was. This is. Oh yeah. One of several. One of several moments of this film when I was on the edge of my seat over that bloody dog because the dogs wandered off somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. She's seen the. I think we've seen the bison first. See loads of bison that are all manky and skinned, but clearly not by the predator because they've been got big holes in their heads. Yeah, not a really predator, just some other nutter. Um, yeah. So she just stumbles into like a mud, like a bog, like a muddy bog. Yeah, and the dog and the dog has wandered off somewhere. Um. And I was worried the dog was going to have gone in there, but it wasn't. She she falls basically, and then she is sinking in this quicksand. Your your biggest fear of the nineties, Ben, right? Yeah, one of the biggest fears. It was quicksand, rabies, sharks, and the sharks pool. in the swimming pool. That's right. Yeah, sharks in the swimming pool. Um. So yeah, quicksand, mad, quick cow, mud. mad, mad cow disease, glass in nerds. See, I didn't really worry about mad cow disease. I don't know. All the cows I knew were nice. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, this 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 is pretty tense because she struggles. She's like kind of learning a new skill, which is her, her tomahawk on the rope, um, to try and help her get out. 
It's not happening. It's making things worse, if anything. She's getting deeper and deeper into the mud. She's getting deeper underground, as JK from Jamiroquai once said. Yeah, he was fighting a monster as well when he said that. Um, Godzilla. Yeah. Um, But perfect, like, masterclass intention. Like, you know, it happens once and you think, okay, you'll try again. But they take that to the very edge of you're, you're about to die. I feel like something has to happen because this is not working. You're not getting out. This shot in the trailer, even though it was just a second, I thought that she was maybe um, hiding in, like, waiting. Mm. Hide, hiding in wait to, like, attack the predator, I guess. Like, she was going to leap out the mud, Arnie style. Um, so I really didn't get the context of it. But when it was shown like this, I was a bit like, okay, that's, a, that's something a bit different than what I expected, but it's still effective. In terms yeah. of the tension, yeah, it was it was a good good scene. Meanwhile, the predator is off doing doing its own thing as well. Um, Side missions. It watches. Uh, there's a. This is where we get the bunny rabbit. Lovely bunny rabbit having a nice time on the fields, mm. and it gets got by a wolf, and oh, then the yeah. wolf has like a samurai showdown with the predator. Again, this is kind of good because at least the predator doesn't just. This is the thing. This predator is good, but he's not dispatching things as easy. You know, he's getting. There is still a bit of a challenge. Everything he comes up against wolf, bear, uh, Comanche warrior woman is all giving him as good as it, as good as he gets. As... Wolf uh, versus predator. predator. Fair, whoever wins. Whoever wins, the wolf loses. To be fair, predator is invisible for most of this time. You're like, come on, give the wolf a chance. Yeah, so he does get a pound of flesh, so the wolf digs him in and bites at him, and then they kind of have a passing thing, but the mm. yeah, this is like Samurai Showdown because the predator brings out his like wrist blade and then the wolf yeah. collapses, it's he's got him in the tums, gutted mm. him. And then we see a nice shot of the matter. So he's got like some matter dissolving thing going on, but rather than dissolving everything. It just gets rid of the skin, cleans it out to get some skull. It's like the it's like a less potent version of the Silit Bang that the Predator from Alien vs. Predator 2 Colon Requiem has. Yeah. He just uses it to <laughs> clean on. off he uses it to clean off the skull and he puts it on his belt like a little souvenir already. Yeah. You go to a country, you pick up some tat. Yeah. So uh who do you think he is, this predator? Just go, I've just killed a little wolf. Um sticking this on my belt. Who do you think you are? Um, um, it was a lone wolf, though. There wasn't a pack of wolves. Otherwise, it might have been a might have been a tougher fight for him. Mm. It did give him give him some a bit of a challenge. But yeah, so after he's done that, the two portions kind of come together here. Now, having had the mud situation, um, Naru eventually comes across a bear, which is one of the you know we know that at the moment she's assuming that that, that could be what the you know that that could be one of the things that is the other predator that's out in the out in the forest, right? This bear, and she comes across it. It's doing some fishing. Yeah, doing a little yeah. bit of fishing. Uh, how does it get her attention as well? Does does she uh, just make? Oh yeah, she goes. Well, she's, she's aiming she's, her bow and arrow at it, and it snaps. Well, she's sneaking up, and it does snap because her brother told a story earlier about getting your bowstring wet. Um, but also you suddenly notice another really nice bit of visual um, storytelling. You see the wind blow and you see her, her hair and everything move. And she's obviously 
accidentally up yeah upwind of this of yeah, this bear the wind the, the wind blows and obviously he's up hang on a minute you bloody, stink. you bloody stink of mud yeah he's, uh, um, he's he's this bear is not even a beat of it's furious this and... was a classic open world video game moment where you're sneaking up on uh, a big beast a legendary beast and you're about to fuck it up and you use the wrong weapon accidentally and then it gets to drop on you yeah even though you were behind it you're a yeah you've not pressed your stealth kill button properly <clears throat> you've instead yeah. like pressed the button that does like a greeting yeah good morning hello bear. <laughs> the bear the bear like comes after her but then they get they've got a pretty good system where the dog's like i'm just gonna run away and the bear's gonna chase me so you can sort out your bow and arrow yeah i mean again what brilliant work from this dog again i was worried about the dog but i guess dogs are faster than bears i hope so anyway well they certainly are in this case so um dog comes running back she's got an arrow ready i think she does stick the bear with an arrow but then yeah. runs quite good shots oh yeah dives into the water um into a beaver dam gets into the the beaver's little halt the little little base um yeah and, but the bear is trying to smash its way in terrifying bear in this movie yeah terrifying i mean it's it's, it's like rabid just a real angry bastard of a bear this just bear a... is furious but then it's time for bear versus predator whoever wins the predator wins um yep but again another thing that the the predator isn't like this undefeatable foe because the bear really chows down and it beats the shit out of the predator for a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's quite a good little battle. And again, predator pretty much stays invisible the, ho- the whole time. Bear gets up on his hind legs. You see some bites down, blood, uh, flying around as well. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the, they've had, they have a real big scrap, but then. The the predator gets the upper hand. Um, gorilla press slams the bear. Does a wrestling move on him? Picks him up. Yeah, yeah I think it's that. Um, and there's a good shot here, obviously of all the blood just pouring down onto the predator who's got his stealth on, um, and the blood sort of slowly revealing the true form of the predator for the first time because we don't really get a good look at it yet, and we see it, but you know, covered in blood, so you can't see all of it. Yeah. It's good. It's effective. It's striking, and and Naru sort of her reaction, um, looking up, just obviously seeing something the likes of which she's never seen before, thinking it's some sort of, I don't know, what would you think? I guess like god, otherworldly being, not like an alien, not a alien. Yeah, I mean, I don't, don't know. I would imagine you would think it's some kind of monster or animal that you've never seen before. I think you probably get the impression that it's not purely an animal because it seems to have weapons and skills and it was pretty invisible. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's a humanoid, isn't it? Yeah. So after that encounter, the predator kind of... she No, she runs away and floats down the river, doesn't she? They, She just... Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. She just thinks, well, probably best for me to just leave. There's a few moments of this, right, where Nauru just goes... She's not afraid. Well, she is afraid, but she's not afraid to just run when the odds seem stacked against her. There's a moment soon where the predator seems pretty much in full 
attack mode. And rather than trying to stand toe to toe with it, she thinks, we'll probably just run now. Sure, just get out of this. Yeah, and that's right. So she floats off down the river. Um, meet up with a dog again at some point, but she also meets a band of hunters that have come out to look for her because she's missing. Yeah. So again, they're pretty annoying. Like, what are you bloody idiot? What this have you is, been doing? This is the one she has a punch up with, right? Oh yeah. So she has a punch up with one of them. Like he starts pulling her hair. Saying, one of them goes right. You come right. You coming home? Come and with me. Beats fuck out of him. Well. I think it's like they, they 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 have a bit of a tussle and then she, she ends up tied up, doesn't she? Oh, and that's when... it. So she beats him up and beats him in a fair fight, and she goes, "Yeah, fine, then we'll we'll do it your way." And then sucker punches her. Yeah, it's not on really, is it? Um, and then while that's happening, while she's tied up, is when you know there's some movement in the in the brush in the brush, uh, and a possum runs out, and they get it with the arrow, and they laugh like, "Ha, we got the possum." And then so, Rue says, what's what do you think? The possum come? Yeah. What's made the possum run? run? And then this is pretty good because obviously Invisible Predator again, um, he, his little bolt gun thing, rather than being a perfect triangle, it kind of like they, the, the dots of the triangle move and it's kind of like... Uh, you choose the one and then each one of the three bolts that's in there will go into one of those lasers no matter where you actually shoot it yeah. once it's locked on. Which is pretty um, good. Pretty cool. And the guy, obviously, the these people have never seen a laser pointer before, so he's like, "What's this? Yep. What's this light?" And then he gets absolutely skewered. Yeah, he gets absolutely skewered. The other guys like try and fight the predator as well, and this is where we get a big, a big reveal essentially. So one of them arrows the predator in like the arm. So I'm assuming it's like the the uh, control unit for the stealth. Hits the off button. Yeah, and it doesn't completely come off. This is what's quite cool. We're like it's like it's sort of like the most of its torso and head and arms, and so we see it kind of roaring, still with the mask on at this point as well. Uh, and yeah, these warriors they stand up all right to it. We get a Wilhelm scream. Did you notice that? Yeah, when he's, one of them gets biffed over off. the yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, so I think yeah, how does one of them die? One of them dies with like a sort of chopped in half, two both opposite ways. Legs yeah, go one way, got, body goes got, the other. He's got swords. The predator's got like weapons for days he's got a little flick out swords that are like cut through anything yeah. i don't think we see the shield just yet no. um but he's got the spear that's like a, a long spear that he like gouges someone mm. with um, yeah tons of weapons uh, he cuts one yeah he kills one like that and he cuts the other one's head off and that's when naru goes you know what i'm just gonna run and when she runs there's this is the moment from the trailer where she runs into the long grass it's not velociraptors behind her though it is old predator um, and when another one of the warriors tells her to get down and then there's a moment where they think that they've got the predator in their sights but no the famous three lasered triangle appears on his head and that's when Naru says no he's got yeah, us and he does manage to get them to duck in time and then they run through the long grass oh this is this is a great shot such this is so cool. rivals the long grass of dress of Jurassic oh, yeah, World. Definitely. so it's so so good running through this grass and then this much faster thing that you can't even much really faster, see coming bigger thing you. you can't see and just this shot right you know when it just pans right out and it's really it's a really distant shot and you just see a big mist of red explosion of red yeah it was so brilliant. good it was so good brilliant. I was like, jesus so 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 good and like it doesn't 
dwell on it. It actually takes that distance and it is so effective at this film. You just think, fuck it, she's got no chance of yeah, this kind working because of... it's so much, it's so fast, it's going to catch her any second. But she gets um, caught in a trap that she can't walk out of. No, caught um, in a trap. Um, but l- just as the predator sort of like descends upon her, um, obviously doesn't seem like the predator is going to attack because again she's incapacitated. So kind of looking at the chain from this trap, almost like, "Fuck is this?" Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Um, and then so this group of, I want to say trappers, but they're like French Canadian voyagers, aren't they? I, I guess think. they're. I yeah. guess they're just settlers to the U.S. They might be yeah. Dutch, maybe. I think, I think it says here they're French Canadian. So, yeah, um, apparently they're responsible for killing the bison. Yeah, because they've all yeah. been shot. I guess they're, yeah, they're hunters, yeah, trappers in those areas. Reason, I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking, was it them? Yeah, but of course it was. So they find Nauru and they cage her. There's like a guy who's like a translator who like questions her about the predator and then almost says something like, you should help us or we should help you or something like that. But then um, all the others are horrible bastards. All the other ones are horrible bastards, yeah. So she refuses to talk. Um, and so the lead voyager, the sort of beardy, beardy, uh, the big beardy explorer, and chomping guy, brings out Tai Bay, her brother, who they've got captive. They captured a dog as well. They've captured the whole gang. I know. And again, this is this was great, right? So so far, this is like the third different type of adversary slash threat yeah. in a Predator movie, which is good, you know, because obviously most, most of the movies is like just a Predator we've got to be worried about. There's nothing else. Only no. only opportunity for this film. What if you could have made one of these gross settlers Gary Busey? Oh my God. <laughs> we've got him in. I had no idea where you were going with that, but I'm absolutely into it. That would have that would have tied Busey. together the three generations of um Gary Busey. To be in this movie. Would have been great. Would have been great. Um, yeah, so they bring out Tell You Bay, they torture him essentially. Um, and then they we don't it doesn't really get revealed, but we slowly realize that there's a plan. And the plan is Tell Bay and Naru tied to a tree to lure out the predator. Which in a way doesn't quite make sense because the predator wouldn't if someone were tied, he wouldn't just come in and you wouldn't just come and get and and Neru says this to her husband like this isn't how it hunts. Yeah. Like it, she knows that it didn't get her when she was in the trap, even though it definitely could have. So she knows this isn't how it hunts. I mean, technically, it does come there. Yeah, but maybe it's just scoping it out a bit. I don't know, but um, yeah. So it stands on something or something like goes through its foot and then gets, gets caught in a net, doesn't it? Caught in a net. Uh, um, and then all the all the boys come over, all the hunters come over, and they're they're ready to capture him. But he just kind of stands up from being in the net and starts choke slamming people. We got him. He's in the net, and then he goes, "No, I'm not." Uh, yeah, so, net. so he kills. He, he this is when he debuts the shield as well. So two pronged knife thing through the head for somebody. Um, there's obviously a comedy, a comedic uh, moment where. They all shoot him with their what kind of guns would you call those? Oh, they're flintlock. Yeah, yeah, that's like it. um, not like pistols. They're like big, like single big action rifles. rifles, aren't they? Yeah. They're like oh, 
20 but minutes, they shoot, reload on. And then they go, oh, actually, we better reload. And obviously, as you know, years and years ago, the reloading was a long and arduous process. Um, and the, I think I don't think the Predator does tilt its head, but I think it. There's, it's almost that's kind of it. Like, what are you yeah. doing? What am I waiting for? I've got everything that reloads within seconds, mate. And he debuts the shield, which is like... Uh, who's, who, which um, Mortal Kombat character's got fans? Uh, Katana. Katana, that's it, yeah. Yeah, it kind of fans that. out, and then they can cho- he can chop with the shield. It's, it comes ever so sharp if it gets you. Comes ever so sharp. He's taking people's heads off. Um, Arms off, all sorts of bits off. Yeah, and one of them, sh- one of them shoots like a flintlock pistol directly into the helmet, and it just rebounds and shoots him and and obliterates his head. Yeah, it's such. A, I mean, this is one. <laughs> it will best one in the world. It would be difficult to do this particular scene justice in a blow by blow description. What you have is just a cool scene of these settlers being absolutely decimated. Imagine like a John Wick style choreographed action sequence um, with loads of different weapons rather than just a, you know, John Wick and his pistol, um, just taking everybody out effectively, but also with style. Yeah. And I think this is, this for me is another fundamental part of this film. Could save it for the end, but I'm going to say it now lest I forget. But when I see really good, strong action bits, pretty much like we've had non-stop for the last 20 minutes of this movie at this point, um, and some of the character beats that we get here as well, the yeah. idea that it's taken the owners of the Predator IP this long to do something like this is exactly why mm. we should see more age-old IPs be given to new creative directors who have fresh ideas and different ways of of doing things and it's not to to you know do dirty or be disrespectful to the old masters but take another horror franchise horror adjacent franchise with differing levels of return on legacy sequels i'm not sure i need to see you know, like a James Cameron have another shot at a Terminator movie or, you know, a Ridley Scott do another Aliens movie because they had a, you know, for generations, these guys were the the absolute head of their field. Mm. But now with the excitement I see from something like Prey, give me someone who has, you know, who's come up with a new style of filmmaking, these great IPs to to do other new and exciting things with. I don't need like the the safe tried tested hands of studio from generations ago now realistically given to new people that want to prove themselves and aren't phoning it in. You know? Yep. Yep, I think you're right. Um and this scene in particular I think is testament to that. Um so yeah, Taibe and Naru they escape by using like the trap don't they they drop like a rock onto the trap so basically it's like naru has got really she when she's talking she's talking about she tells a story about this beaver is it a beaver yeah she's thought that like gnawed its own leg off to get away and taibi's almost like what are you gonna do you're not gonna cut your arm off are you to get us out but she goes i'm smarter than a beaver yeah and, and uses, uses the trap to to snap free their ropes and they can escape and then they 
launch a plan. He goes to get a horse. She goes to get a dog back. Yeah. Which is what um, you want to do. Aliens moment. Go back and rescue the cat. Go back and rescue your dog. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. So when he gets when she gets to the camp, does she kill a few of them as well? There's a point? few. There's a few boys around the campfire. One of them's about to kill a dog for no reason. It's like, well, it's about time we killed a dog. Um, I've been waiting to kill this dog all day. All right, and uh, I will be allowed to kill this dog. I will kill the one dog a day. So here we go. Uh, and she stabs him up. She manages to reclaim her axe and uses it to great potential with its um, yeah. new upgrade feature. Mm-hmm. A great action scene. And then we see finally the translation. It's, it's almost like up. she's sorry. She's she's playing the role of the of the predator in this yeah. particular scenario where she's like a, a unstoppable killing machine, um, driven by her need to protect her dog. This is, again, this is, again, we see this flip over so many times in the film, and Nara in particular, we've seen her be, you know, the hunter when she first goes after the lion, and then the prey, and then the same situation with the bear, that flips from one side to another, and then we've seen her be captured and be the prey of these hunters, and now turning it around, and she is the person that is a danger to them, and very successfully dispatching all of these people and yeah, getting her dog back. Yeah, and then, but she does forget about one guy, a guy called Raphael, who was the translator dude. He stumbles back to camp. He's dying, and he basically says, "He's had a bloody leg off, hasn't he?" Oh yeah, he's had a bloody leg off. I want medical treatment. Sorry, is not. I'm not going to help you. Um, unlike um, his namesake, he's not cool but rude. He um is probably the most polite of all these settlers he says rude yeah it was a party dude um Um, probably the big cigar man i guess yeah so he basically says to naru if you give me a bit of medical treatment if you let me have one of your first aid kits um i'll teach you how to use this flintlock pistol which he does. He like says about the reloading thing not too much not too not too little not too much like making a coffee in the film mimic um (laughs) but Yeah, that's the only bit, the only line of that movie I remember. <laughs> um, but she, he teaches her to use the flintlock pistol, and she gives him some medicine. He does come. This is Chekhov's medicine. Yeah, he does say, "Oh, makes my blood feel ever so chilly." Oh yeah, I think we knew exactly where this was going. In, and then we? as soon, I mean, we had one clue of that already, but this is a second clue in case we missed that first one. Yeah, and then, um, pretty predator turns up. Yeah, so obviously after giving him the herbs that reduce his body heat, the predator walks in, and now we need to establish this this plot device, which is the predator can't see using his heat vision anyone who's had this medicine essentially because yeah. Raphael plays dead. Naru realizes the predator can't see him, but then the predator, ever so clumsy, like stands on his leg. He screams, "Predator smush!" But again, predator. It, the rules of like the predator and his code of ethics a bit inconsistent at times i guess injured man would he need to i don't know um but yeah i then guess we get... he's paralyzed by indecision if he got into this if he's he's not yeah. got time to really consult policy at this point he's like well better to ask um forgiveness than permission at this point he's 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 getting amongst it so he's he's sort he Sorts Raphael out, but then he has a bit of a showdown 
with Neru and her brother. Another great little action sequence. Yeah, I mean, it's action sequence after action sequence, isn't it? But all, like, pretty good, like, contained little action sequences mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, yeah, Tabi's on, like, horseback. Um, remind me of some of the action. Of so, this. at this point, they get the upper hand at him. I think the brother brings down, like, a, a spear through the predator's foot injures him and kind of throws oh, him off yeah. balance. He is obviously a very skilled warrior, so he's really keeping the upper hand for an amount of time. They knock its mask off um with their with their attacks. Naru goes to use the pistol, but there's been too much. She's not put enough powder or too much in so it doesn't work properly. And yeah. that kind of gives away He just taught you surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she learns by doing though. She's not not a chance to do that yet. Yeah. Um, and Tabe basically um, reaches a point where he's been slightly injured, or it's it's got a handle. It, it does it eventually capture him. And he he it grabs hold of him. I don't know. I felt like a bit of an underwhelming moment because I feel like Taibe and Naru were kind of they had the upper hand. Predator went invisible, so clearly like. But then Taibe says the sort of "this as far as I go" sort of thing. Yeah, I think it doesn't it. They lose a bit of momentum. And it does it regain its um. They've injured it slightly, and it but it regains its mask and disappears. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of just thought the fact that it just appears behind him and stabs him through the back, and then Naru's like, "Oh my god!" It's almost like I don't know. I kind of expected something different from these because the two very capable warriors in this moment who seem to. I don't know. I feel like she would have seen him yeah. come in. I don't know. I think the predator, like it, kind of has been shocked into the fact it's been pulled to task by these by these two, yeah. and kind of takes a moment to regroup. It manages to recapture its mask. I think this point we've also been taught that the late the kind of the bolts will go wherever the mask is pointing because we're not in not successfully knocking the mask off. Um, She's able to save Tabe from the the bolts going into him because it goes into just this point on a wall where yeah, the yeah. where the where the arrows uh, sorry where the where the dots are, That's and it's true. already used up another its other other weapons in the fight with the settlers because it's already used all the other good predator tricks. It's done the bomb. It's done the oh net. yeah, did the bomb? We didn't mention that, did we? Yeah, and we forgot to mention it turns that man into chunks with the oh, yeah. um it, the net. Colin Salmon Resident Evils him. Colin Salmon, he gets uh, chunked. Yeah, he's salmoned. He goes, he goes fishing with his two mates rather than a net. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this a world record for dad jokes from me so far today? Very good. That was classic. Um, but yeah, like you say, he says you have to run. This is as far as you go. Um, it slashes him, and then it almost has as as well, Larry. But um, he comes back and he's still alive, and he manages to really dig in and injure it slightly, slightly more. So she's got chat, and then by the time it's finished him off, he turns around. There's just like a little outline of her that's gone, like a little dust, and she's um, um, she's escaped. So she goes and finds the like surviving lead voyager, the old beardy cigar chomping one. Um, but she basically uses this moment to test the herbs hiding her body heat scenario. So what does she do? She like cuts one of his legs off, doesn't she? The yeah, this is um, 
this is great because he's captured and she frees him to a degree and gives him a weapon because at this point and Nari's been taught this by her brother he's taught this when they were captured from uh, from before and they were tied to that tree yeah. talking about how she sees things that he misses pointing out these points in her character that why what make her such a capable warrior and hunter that she sees things and she notices things and this is like a Columbo moment where all of those things have been put together and they don't speak the same language I imagine for the purposes of an English dub when we hear them speaking English they're speaking Comanche and when yeah. because the, the settlers we only hear speak in French what, language French, French. it must be maybe Canadian French is very different yeah, I don't, I I don't speak French well but I didn't pick that up at all um I guess it was 300 years ago as well. Maybe language is very different. Mm. Um, so these the guys that are that are talking, you don't... Do we subtitle them at any point? I don't think we subtitle them. Not, I don't think we're meant to get understand them necessarily because no. she doesn't. Yeah. Um, and she gives uh, a speech to this man here. And again, some people might find it cliche. I found it really good because effectively she is talking to this hunter, but you could also read that as this is her talking to the predator. It's like you've come here and you are, you know, you take over this land and you've come and you're being in your dominant. This is how far you go. You don't come any further. Yeah. You think you're in control here and that you're the predator, but I've actually set all this up and this is how I kill you. Uh, and at that point, he picks up a gun that she has got ready and has sabotaged to a degree. Uh, and then he is shown with a weapon um, when the Predator is watching and he sees him as a viable target and immediately kills this guy. Predator, you little voyeur. Also, a bit annoying. Like, Imagine you're just chilling and then someone goes, here's a gun and you give it to you. And then the Predator goes, you're a threat now. Ah, yeah, because he kind of points it at her, but she's taken the chili blood medicine, so she is effectively invisible to the predator at this point. Yeah, um, and she tests it. Obviously, there's a moment where the predator steps forward, doesn't see her at all. Um, and she just does she just step out the way? I think she just steps out the way, doesn't she? Steps aside and then shoots him and knocks the knocks the helmet off, grabs the helmet and places it somewhere again in a very particular spot that she wants it that's going to that's going to feed into her plan and i mean what an iconic shot of her sort of aiming the gun at the back of the predator's head predator's got no idea that she's there i think he cuts off the head of that dude yeah um and there's a few like really iconic shots now as we lead into the sort of finale the final battle the boss fight yeah i was worried about the dog yet again i was like oh my god I will go from really enjoying this film oh, to if, hating it. If you kill this dog now, so rude. The dog's made it this far. You almost got to think, come on, make yeah. it make it through. Um, and she basically lures the predator into an area that, you know, it's difficult to be familiar with because it's dark now. And we've seen it before in the film, but at this part, I just thought it was kind of anywhere. Um, obviously, there's a great moment where she leaps out of the tree and lands on the predator's So, so good. So good. It reminded me of how much I wished I'd liked Assassin's Creed 3 more because this is such a good setting. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's the same sort of... Uh, well, pretty much exactly the same setting and, and era, isn't it? Um, yeah, so leaps out. She's having a 
they have a good dust up. Um, the dogs she, getting involved, another just great, great action sequence. But chops, chops his arm off as well. Yeah, with his own. Is it with his shield or with one of his weapons? Well, because he goes to use the spear at one point and it stops. Like so, obviously there's some sort of technology stopping the spear being used against the predator. Which I don't know if we've have we seen that in no I'm not sure I've seen that in anything else in previous Predators. We it's definitely been in something else, but I don't know if it's been in a Predator movie. Um, yeah, she takes her arm off, and I enjoyed the moment where so basically it's almost like everything she's learned up to this this moment, and everything she's used weapon wise, and you know she she kind of uses it against the Predator in this final final scenario. I enjoyed the moment where she obviously. Ties it up with the rope and then pulls him over because he kind of looked complete. In that moment, Predator looked bloody helpless and really? kind of ridiculous, just going, oh, Yeah, tumbling over. And then she knocks him into Chekhov's mud from earlier. Because even the Predator, yeah. with all of its wonderful technology, should be afraid of 90s quicksand. Yeah. Um, and did you notice the other line from Original Predator that is uttered? around about now oh go on tell me it was just when she was saying do it Obviously, oh, come, like, on, oh, come, come on come on do it just i want an you an... to do it just do an uh, arnie voice but yeah not an arnie voice but oh and it's the brother that says if it's bleeds we can kill it earlier on we didn't point oh, out yeah. because it was so organic yeah he just says it when they're talking about how they can fight the predator yeah, i don't know if it was there a moment where it was there a moment where he saw that it bled I don't know. I feel like if there was a moment where he'd see it, saw that it bled, and then he said, "If it bleeds, we can kill it." I don't know. I assume maybe she know he knew about the the fight with the other warriors. Maybe tell me, do you bleed? Yeah, it's, it's me, will. Batman. Um, they, yeah, she she lures it in. It's desperate. It's sinking into the mud. It aims its bolt things at her to try and get her, but. She is reconfigured where the mask is, so that the lasers are actually pointing Trisha style. When he's pointing the finger at her, <laughs> it's actually going to think about the three bolts pointing right back towards it. And yeah, um, yeah the the bolt goes, and um, but he get him, but he dead as there he is now. The bolts fly around, and he even watches the bolts go around as if he's where are they going then? It's like oh. What have I done? Probably last words in Pred's language are fucked it. Fucked it. Absolutely fucked it. Actually, it's it's kind of cool in a Predator movie for it actually to get beaten. Because technically, even in the uh, original Predator, he gets kind of robbed of the victory, right? Because he goes, well, fuck it, I've lost. I'm going to blow myself up now. Yeah. Um, Bad loser. Yeah, bad loser. Bad sportsmanship. Um, yeah, and so the bolts take out the predator, green blood everywhere, and uh, Naru does a, a sort of tribal shout, yell, hooray! Yes. <laughs> uh, which I like to translate to fuck you, Huzzah. yeah. And then we, and she we takes the head, with them, taking the predator's head back to back to camp, and, and they for a moment to become war chief, essentially, yeah, they, they recreate the celebration. They they come out and they recognise her as being the war chief, yeah, a, gr- a great a great <laughs> hunter. And the dog of lovely tea. And she she says that there's threats nearby that they need to move. And I guess is she talking about the predators or is she talking about the 
Voyagers. Guess, yeah, but they said we need to move to a more defendable area. Yeah. So she's just then they're taking her advice and they they appear to take that knowledge. And then we get a credit scene with just drawings that recreate several portions of the film. Yeah, and I think there's a moment in, in those end credits where there's like free predator ships. Like it around. shows it shows more predator ships. So they're fuming because they're because their mate Dave. Is the sequel get... to this praise? Praise. Yeah, possibly. Uh, there we go. Then that that is that. Um, you said you got some name game. I got a little. I got a little bit of give me trivia a, for you, me, right? Give me a trivia first, Ben. Then I'll do you some name game to finish. Okay. So, what's going to be interesting about this name game? Name game about this trivia is I'm going to give you one minute on the clock, right? All right. One minute on the clock to name. In terms of the lion's most common prey. Uh, obviously a lion from, from bloody the plains of Africa. Try and name as many of the lion's most common prey. As a li- I've got a list of 15 here. See how many you can get. I'm going to give you one minute starting now. Uh, Idris Elba and his recently um, <laughs> orphan children. Um, yep. Gazelles. Yes. Wildebeest. Yes. Water buffalo. Yes. Um, ibises. Ibexes. Ibexes. I mean, that sounds good. Let's give you that. Uh, Dick Dicks. Dick Dicks? The little what African little deers. Oh, um, yeah, we'll give you that. Um, What else do they eat? Warthogs? 30 seconds gone. Warthogs is correct, yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Um, do they eat little um, baby zebra? They eat zebras, certainly. Zebra, yeah. Do they eat baby giraffes? No. Yeah. Do they eat baby elephants? Not got elephants down on this list. Oh, I was about to say, lions are dickheads. Trying to eat these babies. Ten seconds. Oh, I've done all right. Um, have we got any more? Any other type of buffalo? Um, Three, ostriches. Two. What? No ostriches. Other lions. Other lions. You did well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, eight out of this oh. list. Is pretty good. I'll give you. I'll give you some more that are on there. Just, just as cattle here. Uh, goats, oh, yeah. camel. Uh, is that right? Sounds about right. Camels live um, in Africa. Just never thought about them being in the same bit. Antelope. Massive. Okay, antelope. Um, baboons. Hey, baboons. And the last one, which is pretty impressive, hippopotamus. So I wouldn't have thought of hippos either because they're so big. Is this as juvenile in in a? Oh, I only eat baby of, hippos. It got a bit of babies, but I think you did pretty well. You know that that's how well you know your prey. It would seem Idris Elba was on top of the list. Well, then again, like maybe that's a prey situation because he's going to turn it around that line if we're going to have some type of film. Yeah. You're the prey now. And then he roars. <laughs> Rah! <laughs> Rah! Yeah, go on. Okay. Um, do you want a bit of name game? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So let me just get the synopsis of, of prey so I can work it into this. Might be quite limited. I don't know. Oh, you'd think so. Um, I'm probably not going to use that because not all of it is in the Great Plains. So, uh, in this one, I will do. So, in the Great Plains um, of the of the 1700s, um, rather than become uh, a great hunter, Naru focuses on drying grass to feed to the horses over winter. Hey, 
Hey, correct. Hey, um, now. The sec secondly, um, in the on the Great Plains of seventeen hundred, Naru faces a completely different challenge when she meets a horse that, despite making lots of hay for it to eat, is really negative and really like just doesn't want to agree to anything. Nay, nay, correct. <laughs> Um, moving into the far-flung future, Naru finds herself recast as a um, as a lovely little pussycat in a new PlayStation game. Stray, Stray, correct. Um, what in a meta narrative twist? Naru finds herself in the real world, and she looks herself looks at herself just having a normal day-to-day -day life, enjoying the game Stray. Uh, enjoying the game stray. Yeah, it gets to use it for its intended purpose. Uh, play, play, correct. Oh, um, got there in the end. This time, um, moving back to the Great Plains of seventeen hundreds, um, Naru finds herself, um, you know, not looking in really, uh binary kind of world where you know the, the predators that you faced in the previous movies it's all really you know morally one side or another it's all black and white but the predator she meets in this case is kind of in the middle of those two things gray gray correct um next time oh, um in the 1700s of the great plains um naru finds herself saving the first ever christmas when she invents a vehicle for santa claus to get around to all the different villages Nice one. Slay. Slay, correct. Slay. Um, moving forward in time, Assassin's Creed style to, to um, London in the sort of 1960s era, Naru finds herself faced against one of a pair of twin crime brothers. Cray. Cray, correct. Um, secondly, <laughs> inspired by, move, moving on again now, inspired by her enjoyment of the game Stray, um, Naru gets herself a female cat, but to avoid unwanted pregnancies, she does take it to the vets for a spay. Operation. Spray. Spay. spay. Finally, finally, to round up today, having done all this reality and time hopping adventures, Naru is disappointed to find out that her outfit has started to become a bit tatty at the edges. Frey. Frey. Correct. All. All the possible rhymes for the movie Prey. <laughs> I uh, applaud your efforts uh, for that. Uh, do you know what we haven't said once during this episode? What's that? We haven't said Predator Prequel Prey. We haven't um, said Predator Prequel Prey, which we were on the precipice of last week. But... On the precipice of saying Predator Prequel Prey. How would you... Um... <laughs> trying to put too many Ps into it. How would you rate... Predator prequel prey, um, in terms of rating, but also I guess where would you where would you put it in your in, in the front in in the franchise in franchise rank? This could be something for a, we could do a franchise ranking episode. Oh, However, good. seven movies, but you know I guess let's not do the whole don't do the whole franchise, but just say where this one would potentially fall. Um, yeah, I won't give you an official answer. We'll do that. I think Ben, let's if we're talking about it, if we're teasing. Hot new bonus content. Dare <laughs> we go even further, Ben? Dare we say that we're going to rank Alien and Predator? Oh, 
Okay. Oh, that could be interesting. That could be interesting. Okay, so my rating for this film is that I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was really well made. Like it has the <laughs> simplicity that the series has perhaps lacked for a while, or a direction that has been less enjoyable. Really, really solid, enjoyable action. A good background movie if you just want the action. But there's loads of things that you can really dig into and some really nice character work that I think comes across in here for what is at heart quite a simple story. But I really love some of the dynamics we see in this and the action essentially is just really, really badass stuff. I may soften on this in time, but I'm going to speak to how I feel about it right now at the moment. Probably go an A minus on this. This is really good. Um and then talking about very briefly my ranking within the franchise, definitely top tier for the whole for the whole use of the IP, I would say. The difficulty I'm having with purely placing it is in terms of modern filmmaking, it's perhaps one of the best entries that they've done across a lot of the series. Um, certainly the predator side of things. It is very difficult to separate nostalgia and enjoyment from for the original though from what is pure excellent filmmaking um but it's going to be quite near the top for me i'm going to need to gonna need to meditate on that a little bit more oh you're still muted have a little meditate on it because uh i shall yeah because i think I think yeah, it, it sits somewhere between because I like Predator too. I think you mentioned Predator <laughs> two and Predators is all right as well. But um, Predator in is it New York in the big city? Is it? Oh, is it L.A.? L.A. Isn't it? Yeah, Predator in the big city is good times. And the fact is, this is kind of like a back to basics Predator in yeah the wilderness. Obviously, a completely different era to take place a completely different threat to go up against it. I like the fact that the Predator was uh, resourceful and a bastard, um, but obviously we get to see this growth of of a lead character who kind of starts off as having this potential and then finds this potential realised as she faces off against a, um intergalactic, scary-faced... Um, uh, <laughs> scary faced i'm trying to figure the right word um with loads of gadgets like batman belt <laughs> ready to take <laughs> you out um i think you know what i mean a minus was kind of what i was going to go for i mean it might soften like you said might within time go to a b plus but i think right now it feels like an a minus because it did exactly what i expected it to do and so it's rare that films do that especially films from a major franchise like this um especially films that are prequels you know the amount of times things come out and you go okay this is what i want from it this is what i would like from it yeah. like i don't know if i've said it'd be nice to hunt down pre when we were discussing when this film was announced and we watched the trailer and stuff i'd like to see what i said because i'm pretty sure i said i, I want to see i want the i want it to be invisible majority of the time mm-hmm. the definitely said that i'm pretty sure i said that and which pretty much happens, and sure we get big reveals and stuff, yeah. And it but it feels like timely. Um, I just really enjoy this world, and it felt like a world that I'd even be happy to spend more time in. You know, if this was like a limited series, I'm, I'm, 
like imagine. I kind of I want this simplicity to stay in it though. Like I think for me the biggest sin from yeah. the predator it isn't so much the things that are cheesy about it because I can you can revel in those and you can enjoy them. I don't need it to be that or oh, tell you what the the predators want to come and take our planet over and it'll just be an alien invasion like I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the being a predator that is off doing a thing. I'm quite happy for just it to be the plot of the predator movie when the human wins is that it fucks up some predators weekend and it pissed off about it. Yeah. Then on the predator news it was like, "Oh, look at this dickhead. He ruined it. He didn't take the proper precautions." Destroyed. Um yeah, like it's it's a good thing and I think like, throw this out there. I think moving forward with predator movies, I'm less interested as well in it being in the modern day where let's face it. Like if you look at purely modern stuff without leaning too far into the sci-fi elements of it, I think I've said this before Mm. predator tech today isn't too far removed from what is feasible from the highest funded military stuff that we have available. Like things aren't perfectly invisible. We don't have lasers, but it's not that different. Like optical camouflage is a thing. Um, you know, laser guided weapons are a thing. I don't need a predator movie in this modern era unless someone wants to do one where the predators have advanced further still and are beyond what yeah. what humans have. I know what you mean. The simplicity of it, I think, is what makes it work yeah. this much. And it's interesting to see what Dan Trachenberg would do next. Obviously, he did Tim Cloverfield Lane and now this. So that's mm-hmm. a pretty much two great, two. great movies both. Um, what what time period like uh, the past for me is where I want to see more things going on with predators. What era would you like to see a predator movie in? Predator movie set in was well, probably a similar era, uh, in the era of the witch, like okay. loads of god fearing, uh, <laughs> loads of god fearing people, um, and then a predator turns out. I don't know. That's just right off the top of the head. I don't, I don't Matthew know. Hopkins versus the. Hopkins versus the predator. He definitely, pre- you definitely think the predator was a you'd, witch. You'd be gaslighting him again, wouldn't he? No, no. Bring John Stern to poke him with a needle. A predator in ancient Greece. Okay. I don't know. In like the gladiator arenas. Gladiator they, capt- arena. they capture one because he crashes his spaceship or whatever, and then he loses then all Maximus. of his technology. Loses the technology, and you're fighting in the gladiatorial arena, being a predator. Yeah, he's naked. Yeah, uh, just got. That's where he gets the fishnet from because one of them throws the net over him. He goes, suits me. Suits me. Looks really good, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's good. There we go then. So, uh, uh, oh, actually, that's Roman. Sorry, Ben. I've absolutely fucked history for you. Greece isn't Greece isn't gladiators. Greece is just good time oh, i still went with it you see andy i still went with it don't get tweets from the history heads sorry everybody not the history heads okay there we go then that is that we rated it pretty highly um again we might soften on it you never know but for now we're pretty happy and you know oh, it feels yeah, good I'm just getting this in my ear just uh from luke condor ah he's uh B minus. I reckon he's gone higher than that. I'm gonna, <laughs> no. I'm gonna say he's gone for a B plus. Luke yeah, Condor. I reckon he might have joined us on an A minus even if he's if we talked it up enough today. Luke Condor forever. Okay, there we go. And so thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash 
Horror Hangout. Thank you very much to our current patrons, John Crinan, patron against his will, Ben Scaife, monkey patron, uh, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, John, John O'Down, Nick Spill, and Pazuzu. Thanks to each and every single one of you for the support. Thanks, everyone. A hell of a lot. Help, help um, us keep the lights on over here or off because we're watching horror movies here at Horror Hangout. Yeah, but you need the lights on eventually at the end. Uh, thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. Uh, we're on Twitter at Horror Hangout. No, we're on Twitter at Horror underscore Hangout underscore. We're on Instagram at Horror Hangout Podcast. Uh, come and join us over there um, and have a little bit of a chat. Come have some chat. Come and talk about what's your favorite movie in the Predator franchise. Yeah. What history period would you like to see one? Look, chat, about that, chat about that stuff all day. Send it over to us. Great questions. Next week, guess what? Brand new release. Another one. Another one for the month. What are nope. we on this week? Nope. Nope. This week. Been waiting for that. Been avoiding spoilers like their little predator darts, bolt darts being fired at me through the wilderness. Just yeah, dodging. Yeah. Just pointing that mask at somewhere else, make sure they don't get you. Yeah. Now I'm looking forward but, to Nope. Been looking forward too. to it a lot. Another threat from space, though, or maybe it isn't. We don't know what it is yet. We haven't seen yeah. it. We will find out. This time next week, we'll know. Uh, and of course, thank you, Andy, for being a right horror dude. Thank you, Ben, for being a right horror dude. And to everyone, oh, for everyone who is pretending to be Luke this week in his in his place. Authentic thank experience. Thank you for being a right horror dude. Thanks for participating. What's that? Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. See you later. Next Bye, week. everybody. Bye for now. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.